MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio coming to you live this afternoon from the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia. We're closing in on the start of the Motorcraft 500, the fourth race of the 1991 NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Alan Bestwick along with Barney Hall. You've heard already today from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly who are covering the pit road for us this afternoon. Let's introduce you to the other voices who will be bringing you the action of the Motorcraft 500 around this 1.522 mile an hour speedway. First off, up in turns one and two at this racetrack is Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia. Thanks, Alan. First off, a report on the track drying conditions. The jet blower is still out here in turns one and two trying to get some of the remaining dampness off the track. We are seeing the gray asphalt just about throughout the whole running surface. Only down on the apron of the racetrack do we still see the dampness from the rains we had earlier this morning. But things look pretty good here. Of course, this racetrack has as much turns as it does straightaway, so it's very important to get a car handling going through the turns. Many times we'll see cars going two and three wide coming off turns two here, but the tricky part is getting into turn number one to set up for those moves in turn two and down this back straightaway. A lot of action we've seen over the years here this afternoon. Of course, there's plenty of room down on the inside for the cars to run off the grassy apron here. On the outside, a concrete retaining wall. And later in the race, when the groove moves up, we see those cars running very, very close to the outside retaining wall. Gets to be some tricky moments here in turns one and two. And it gets to be equally tricky going up into three and four. Not a lot of banking to catch the cars, and they're running better than 185 miles an hour. And they sweep down that back straightaway and go up into turn number three. To cover the action for MRN over there this afternoon, from Daytona Beach, Florida, David Hyatt. Barney, thank you. You're right. When they come off the back straightaway, that's probably the widest area of this racetrack, so there's a lot of racing room. It's nearly 150 feet wide coming down the back straightaway. Then it gets very tight, down to about 60 feet wide as they dive in to the third turn. It's banked 24 degrees on this end of the speedway, and most of the drivers have to duck right down to the white line at the bottom of this racetrack. As the day goes on, the groove will slip up just about two lanes as they head through three and four and on around to the front straightaway. Now, the crucial part of the race in this turn is that the sun generally sets behind turn three, and that makes a blind spot for these drivers. Although that doesn't look like it'll be a problem today, I think the sun would be a welcome commodity over here. Field continuing to circulate around the mile and a half Atlanta Motor Speedway behind the safety car from the starter stand. They have now withdrawn the indication that we'll go racing in a couple of laps, still needing to do some more drying work on the front and back straightaways and also in the lower parts of the corners at the end of the racetrack. So they're going to continue to let the field run behind the safety car for a few more laps to try and work some more heat into this racetrack before we'll go racing. Let's go down to the pits in Winston Kelly. We're standing in the Quaker State Buick pit, and Larry McReynolds is now talking to one of the NASCAR officials. We're going to try to get a word from him in just a moment to see if Brett Bodine has said anything about the conditions of the track. He's still talking to one of the NASCAR officials, so we'll try to get a word from Larry McReynolds in just a moment, Barney. The uh, cars came by. They completed the 10 laps, they said, Alan, and you're kind of monitoring the NASCAR radio. No indication yet as to when we'll go green, but apparently they are going to make a few more laps. And right now the NASCAR officials are working with their inspectors on pit road with the crew chiefs who in turn are talking to their drivers on the racetrack. One of the inspectors you heard Winston Kelly say talking with Larry McReynolds, who's conversing with Brett Bodine, the outside pole sitter. There's an inspector in the Darrell Waltrip pit, Jeff Hammond, talking to his driver. All of that being relayed up to the control tower here at top the start finish line and making sure the drivers are completely comfortable with the condition of the track before they'll turn them loose here. This is a fast racetrack. I mean, it's deceiving by its shape, but we're talking 175 miles an hour at this racetrack. It's the third fastest on the circuit, so you want to make sure that your racetrack is in good condition before you turn them loose. Well, the NASCAR officials certainly will not put this race under green until the track is ready to race on full speed. 
We'll take a minute while this track drying efforts are continue. The gentleman who has stepped into our booth right now, Mr. Jack Clissol, sales and marketing manager for Ford Motor Company, is here with us this afternoon. And I know you folks are sponsoring the Motorcraft 500. And uh, I saw you down there with Bud Moore and his guys this morning encouraging them to go and win this thing. Bud uh, doesn't need a whole lot of encouragement today, but he had some fun with us. He, uh, of course, changed an engine yesterday or sometime wee small hours this morning. And I'm sure he's got his fingers crossed out there. He's, uh, he's super people. Jack, it was obvious from watching you walk around the garage and talking to all the folks in there that you are a true dyed-in-the-wool race fan. I'm about as true and dyed-in-the-wool as you're going to find, I think, Bernie. We uh, enjoyed coming down here today. I just came up from uh, Gainesville yesterday afternoon. We got rained out, of course, yesterday afternoon. We uh, had some fun on Friday night with some of our customers and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that experience as well. But this one's a new one for me. I, uh, First time grand marshalling. I hope not the last time, too. It was fun. You'll enjoy it here today for sure. I know you have a whole bunch of motorcraft folks here. A couple of our people from MRN spoke before a gathering of them yesterday afternoon, and they were really looking forward to coming out here and, and seeing their car run today. Well, we appreciate the support of your network. We really do. We've had fun at this. Thank, we appreciate your stopping by. We hope you have a great day, and thank you for coming on by to talk with us. My pleasure indeed. Thank you very much. That's Jack Clishel, the sales and marketing manager of the Ford Motor Company, grand marshal for today's Motorcraft 500. Hey, Alan, I was, uh, this is Dick Brooks. I was in that uh, meeting yesterday, or that deal they had, and I enjoyed it a lot. Tell Jack and them I appreciate them inviting us by. And I'm standing in the pits with Bud Moore, the, the uh, owner of the car that uh, that Motorcraft is sponsoring. Bud, uh, has uh, Morgan said anything to you about race conditions or track conditions? Well, he says it's a little bit damp in the middle of both corners where the track's bleeding a little bit, but he thinks maybe it's going to be a race. Well, if everybody sort of used their head a little bit to start with, that so we get this show on the way. Well, that's from the horse's mouth, and he's, uh, they run golf a good here. Bud Moore's car runs good here in, uh, in the future, and uh, I'm sure they'll uh, be one of them they'll reckon with when they get the race underway. We're now coming from the NASCAR control tower that the next time by, we will get the green and yellow flag. So the next time the field comes by, we'll begin counting the one of 328 laps that will make the distance up this afternoon of the Motorcraft 500. But we will start under yellow while the field continues to work some heat into this front straightaway and dry out the entire racing groove of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. So we'll get the green and yellow this time when the field comes off of turn four. Well, it won't take too much longer to get this racetrack dry. Uh, the problem is there is no sunshine, as we said. It's a totally overcast day. It is very cool out there. The wind is blowing a little bit, and that will help it dry a little bit quicker. But the heat coming out of the header pipes on these Winston Cup cars right now, you can almost see it change each time they go around the racetrack. The center groove here in the front straightaway, there's perhaps a couple of racing lanes that are dry enough to race on, and it's beginning to gray up in toward the pit wall, and that's what they'll wait for here. That may take another three, maybe four laps, somewhere in that range. Today's broadcast of the Motorcraft 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Atlanta Motor Speedway to MRN radios solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN radio is prohibited. We are under the green and yellow flags. Last time the field crossed the start-finish line, the green was displayed to them at the same time as the yellow. So officially we are in lap one of the Motorcraft 500, but the field is continuing in double-file form behind the safety car. They've picked up the pace here at the Speedway by about 15 miles an hour from normal pace speed to try and get the heat worked into the racetrack more and try and get this thing underway in a full green flag condition again. If you are just joining us, we had some rain here this morning. We 
we've got a window in this big front that's coming through the southeastern part of the country, and we expect we can get the distance in this afternoon. The track is just about dried, and we should go to full green flag racing hopefully sometime in the next five or ten minutes. Fellow gentlemen, they've always talked about Atlanta being a forward racetrack. And a fellow in the early days of Winston Cup racing, way back in the 60s, I remember, I, I think the first race I ever saw him run was Fred Lorenzen at uh, Martinsville, Virginia. And, uh, Freddie, welcome to Atlanta. And I know it's going to be a big weekend for you here. You did have some great success for Ford over the years. But it didn't come easy, did it? No, I think I did, But that was my big break, getting with Ford Motor Company and Holman Moody and Ralph teaching me the ropes of the South. You had to have the big break, but I got the break and worked our way up. Loved it miss it a lot now. That was about when racing really started changing. To get a totally different image was in the early 60s, and I, I think you were a big part of that. You were one of the first drivers to come along that had the charisma, and you talked to the media, you realized the value of that, the value of being accessible to the fans, and I think that was a start in the right direction. Oh, yeah, and it was a big break for me getting with Ford and Holman Moody, and, you know, I just came up the ladder because I had the teacher to teach me, had the crew to help me go. Racing is made of a, a good sponsor and good mechanics. You've got to have the super mechanics, and you've got to have... You know, young blood, I think, and a guy that really wants to make the wins. I says, I think anybody can do it if they want to do it bad enough, and it means giving up other things to get to the top. But anybody's beatable, and anybody can beat them. Fred, uh, since the time that you were in, in the cockpit behind the wheel of a car, so many new fans have joined our sport. Does it please you that they haven't forgotten the people who made the sport, uh, the people who are the pioneers of racing that get recognition, like yourself, who accomplished a lot and, and developed these machines that we see out here racing now to what they are today? Oh, I think it's great. Just like when I drove my old car around, that's just a big barge compared to what they are today. But that's how prog progress has come. But fans kept getting bigger and bigger Even after every race i'll get phone calls up home you know ask me what i thought of this or thought of that how did i like this how did i like that but racing's come a long way i think it has a lot to do with the big sponsors now and television has made it big but in nascar getting the rules tighter getting the cars more equal it's more of a mechanics race the in the pits you know the guys in the pits are just like the driver now they're getting the credit but they're 80 percent of winning a race you've got to have the crew and the combination well, certainly, we appreciate your stopping by to talk with us today. Your exploits at this racetrack are, are well-documented. Three wins in a row in this Motorcraft 500 back in 62, 3, and 4, and all that you accomplished in the sport. For me, who, who was just a wee tyke, uh, I'm sorry to say, back in those days, it's a thrill to, to meet you, and we're glad to have you with us today. Enjoy your day. Well, I thank you, and I think if you watch, for, after about 40 laps, the car that's sticking down in the bottom, that's the guy that's going to win the race. You watch. Fred, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Fred Lorenzen joining us here in the booth. The, for the Motorcraft 500, he was honored in the pre-race festivities today. The car that he drove to so many victories in competition, the Holman and Moody Ford, sits in victory lane here as we get ready to go racing. Alan, I'd like to say that uh, you're exactly right. You probably were a wee tot when all that was happening. You're the only one in the booth up there who still got black hair. <laughs> Dick Brooks always with the uh, poignant comment on pit road. Fields coming down to the start-finish line right now, and they're getting the two-lap signal. In two laps, we will go to full green flag racing. We have just completed the fourth lap under green and yellow, but we're going to get this thing turned loose under full green in two more laps. Well, the field beginning to tighten it up a little bit and see a lot of activity on pit road. The crews are uh, earlier were holding those boards out to get the drivers familiar to where they would be pitting here at Atlanta this afternoon. So you can tell by the, the pace of things picking up down in the pits and the fans are beginning to stand up and get ready for a start here for the Motorcraft 500. MRN Radio bringing you complete coverage of today's Motorcraft 500, but we don't stop there. We follow the NASCAR Winston Cup Series almost every week. So why not take the time right now, if you would, and call or write the radio station that you're listening to. Thank them. For 
for airing MRN Radio Broadcast. You know it's your response. That's the only way a radio station can determine what programs to broadcast, and your support of our broadcast is very much appreciated. To let you know what station you're listening to, we'll pause now 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. You were going 40 miles an hour. This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, the field moving off of turn number four now. The crowd all on their feet in the main grandstand. And atop the starter stand, Doyle Ford holds up one finger. One more lap around, and we'll turn this thing loose under full green flag conditions. Well, everybody's going to be looking at the front of the pack to see what goes on up there between Alan Kowicki and Brett Bodine and Rusty Wallace and some of the front starters in the top five or six. But equally interesting is going to see what Earnhardt and maybe Jeff Bodine do back there starting 21st and even further back for Jeff Bodine, about 26th, to see how quick they can work through traffic and get their way to the front. I'm going to predict unless there is something, uh, maybe a caution or something comes out in the first eight or ten laps, I think Earnhardt will be somewhere in the top five within ten laps. What do you think? Well, uh, it's not a bad thing to argue with remembering that he had the fastest qualifying speed, not just by a tick, but he he outdisted Alan Kulwicki's speed by a good bunch. Starting 21st, it shouldn't take him too long to get to the front. Earnhardt's car has been well-known here at this racetrack for handling at the bottom of the track, which is what you need to get around this place. You heard Fred Lorenzen say just a minute ago, and it'll be interesting to watch him come up through. All the fans here are on their feet and waving their hats around, ready to see this thing get turned loose under the green flag. Field now is moving up through turns three and four. The lights are out atop the Ford Thunderbird safety car. They bunched up, slowed the pace a bit, and Elmo Langley beginning now to prepare to hang a hard left, which he does now, drops the car down onto the safety apron and behind the pit wall. We're about 1,500 feet away from getting the Motorcraft 500 under full green flag conditions for the start, Barney Hall. They are down to the line on the break as the green flag comes out. Alan Kowicki tries to get away, get a little breathing room going into turn number one. He won't be able to get away from Brett Bodine. They go door to door into the corner. Going into the corner, though, Bodine gets out of the throttle, lets Allen get by, so Kowicki leads. Bodine falls in behind him. Now down to the inside is the Rusty Wallace car. He's trying 
trying to get a spot underneath Sterling Marlin. Wallace has fallen out of line. Sterling Marlin will take that position. The front three will start to pull away as they dive into the third turn. But the car on the move is Davey Allison as he's already moved up to fourth. Now Sterling Marlin will make a bid for second. Allison picked his way around Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin. He's also picked his way around Ken Schrader. He's going to fall in line fourth. Kulwicki leads the first lap. The battle will be for the second spot in one. Brett Bodine still on the outside. Sterling Marlin with his forward on the move. He gets by. Bodine opens up the lane. Here's Davey Allison. He, too, pulling up alongside Brett Bodine. That's the battle for third. Allison has to drop out of line now. He'll pull down to the low side of the racetrack, and one more car will come along. That's Ken Schrader. He'll go door-to-door with Davey Allison as both of those cars stick right to the bottom of the racetrack, but the groove on the outside line seems to be the quicker. Rusty Wallace was a car that was a big loser in the early laps. He has dropped back some five or six positions. Here's a challenge for the lead. Down to the inside goes Sterling Marlin. He may get it before they get to turn one. He'll get around on the inside lane. Sterling Marlin, your new leader. Kulwicki is second. Brett Bodine is third. Behind him in fourth now. Kenny Schrader battle for a fifth between Mark Martin and Davey Allison. That's a good battle shaping up back there. Ernie Irvin also getting involved in that. He'll stay to the outside and stay behind Mark Martin as Davey Allison keeps his Thunderbird right to the bottom of the racetrack. It will be Irvin and Martin getting the getting the line around the top of the corner. Off of turn number four now to complete the ninth lap. Remember we started under green and yellow. It's Sterling Marlin. Four car lengths to Allen Kowicki. Brett Bodine is third. Ken Schrader fourth. Mark Martin is fifth. Back in six is Ernie Irvin. Seventh now is Davey Allison all going single file. In eighth now the Rusty Wallace car following in ninth is Kyle Petty. And in tenth now the Michael Waltrip machine. Meanwhile, back up in the front, starting to pull away. Sterling Marlin keeps that Maxwell House Thunderbird right up on the outside of the racetrack, dives deep into the third turn. He pulls away by two car lengths over Kulwicki. All right, a lead already of about four car lengths as they work out of turn number four. Field beginning to string out a little bit, single file, back through about the 15th position. That's where the nearest thing to a battle is going on. Morgan Shepard and Derek Cope will go door-to-door off into turn one. Those two race along, and right behind them now is Dale Earnhardt. He has moved up to the 17th position, make it the 15th spot. He picks up two more positions, getting by Morgan Shepard now going after Derek Cope. Earnhardt gets by Morgan Shepard, keeps his Goodrich Chevrolet to the bottom of the racetrack, and now Morgan Shepard will battle back. Those two cars will be door-to-door as they head through turn three. Shepard will have the advantage. Earnhardt continuing to try and work his way up the front. Change for fifth spot. Ernie Irvin ducks underneath Mark Martin. Had the fifth spot. Now Martin gets the run off the top of the banking. He'll take fifth back from Irvin as they race back to the corner. Davey tried to follow that lane on the outside of Ernie Irvin. Couldn't quite make the move. He'll try again on the outside of the racetrack. Here in turn two. Again, he's not able to get by, so he falls back in line and single file. Once again, the field stretches out. Now by about six car lengths, Sterling Marlin will have the lead over Alan Kulwicki. Brett Bodine goes third. Fourth is Ken Schrader. Fifth goes Mark Martin. Then comes Ernie Irvin and Davey Allison. The hottest battle on the racetrack is from 11th position on back. They were three wide a couple of times going through one and two. Here comes that pack of traffic out of turn number four. Hut Strickland is the 11th car. Bobby Hillen rides eight, but from there on back, it's door to door over to Joe Moore in turn two. Getting interesting there, Barney, because Dale Earnhardt is right smack in the middle of that pack of traffic. He has bypassed the Harry Gant car, now sets his sights on Bobby Hillen as he exit turn two. Down the back straightaway now, the battle continues to build back in the pack. Those cars will straighten out just a little bit, but the car down to the bottom of the race, uh, racetrack trying to make it work is Morgan Shepard, although he keeps falling back spot by spot. Off the corner now, 13 laps in the book. Sterling Marlin leads. Kulwicki is second. Brett Bodine third. Ken Schrader fourth. Mark Martin is fifth. Ernie Irvin is sixth. Davey Allison is seventh. Michael Walton runs in the eighth spot. Ninth now is Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Kyle Petty. Back at 11th is Hutt Strickland. Moving up to the 12th spot now. Earnhardt trying to get by Bobby Allen. 
Once again, Earnhardt will duck the Chevy down to the inside of the racetrack to take a look. He'll think better of it on the back straightaway. Tuck in single file and hold the line right behind Bobby Hillen as they head over to four. Harry Gant currently is riding 13th. 14th is Ricky Rudd, and that's where all the heat's going on. The door-to-door racing side-by-side. Earnhardt comes out of turn number four, and this time will take the outside groove going off into turn number one and pick up another position. The colors of Earnhardt's machine shows getting around. Bobby Hill now going into turn one, already picking up two car links on the Hill machine off turn number two. Harry Gant now pulls up on Bobby Hill, and behind him, they're side-by-side heading to turn three. Door-to-door, Ricky Rudd will be on the high side of the racetrack. Down low, it's Derek Cope. Those two shots Heavy Luminous stay side-by-side through the banking of turn three. Derek Cope running the first race for or his best qualifying position for a race this year. It was the first qualifying motor that team had used. They started their own engine program at the start of this season. Cope is going to lose that spot. Ricky Rudd will go by him on the outside. Cope works the inside lane coming into the corner as Ricky Rudd does make the move by. Bobby Hillen races along on the outside lane trying to follow the tire tracks of Ricky Rudd here as they exit turn two. One other car mixing it up back there is Bill Elliott. He, too, is trying to fall in line with that outside trio as they go around Derek Hope. He'll stay door-to-door with his fourth Thunderbird and get the spot as they go to four. And another top car that is going backwards at this juncture of the race is Darrell Walker. The handle is not there for Walker through the corners. The car drifting real high in both ends of the speedway, and Darrell has lost an awful lot of position since they put him under green. They have completed some 16 laps. And the Motorcraft 500 with Sterling Marlin in the lead. We'll take a break. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. We're in the very early stages of the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 21 laps complete as leader Sterling Marlin comes out of turn number four, flashes across the start-finish line. He has built a second-and-a-half lead over Alan Kulwicki, who's running second. Kulwicki has a second-and-a-half lead over Brett Bodine, who's third. Then about another half a second back to Ken Schrader, who's fourth, and Mark Martin running in fifth. Sixth is Ernie Irvin. Michael Waltrip is seventh. Davey Allison is eighth. Rusty Wallace is ninth. And Dale Earnhardt, in the span of just ten laps, 
laps of green flag racing has come from 21st starting position up to 10th spot on the grid. Barn, I'm glad I didn't take that money. Well, he is just marching right on up through the field, and the car is working for him. As Fred Lorenzen said when he was in the booth here a moment ago, the car to watch here today will be whoever can stick at the bottom of the racetrack, and Earnhardt apparently has found the handle. That's what they work on every racetrack they go to as he continues to march toward the front. The leader, Sterling Marlin. Boy, he has took off like a jackrabbit when they put him under green here this afternoon. Grabbed the lead and shows no sign of giving it up right now as they work back to turn three. He keeps it stretched out, tucks that Maxwell House forward right to the bottom of the racetrack, lets it drift up ever so gently over to four. And now coming down off the corner, Sterling Marlin has run so well at this racetrack over the years. A lot of times in situations he just plain out shouldn't have. You remember a couple of years in a row when he was driving for Billy Hagen in the last practice session on Saturday afternoon, he crashed a car, had a out a backup car and running the race with no practice whatsoever. Started all the way in the back of the field, ended up finishing in the top five both times, and I was kind of kidding him about that yesterday. I said, you know, Sterling, you're going to go out here in this last practice session. Are you going to crash your car so you can get out and run well tomorrow? Uh, you know, this funny thing, the two times I've done it, uh, with my load of backup car, no practice, and finishing the top five with it. So, uh, you know, maybe we'd do better if we just uh, line them up Sunday morning and go. Sterling Marlin right now with about a two-second lead already he's built up over Alan Kowicki, just about 14 laps of green flag racing in. And he's really getting around this racetrack. He just put the watch on him. He turned the track in 32.3 seconds that time. That's only about a second or so off from what they qualified. And normally here in Atlanta, they will fall off even more than that. But Sterling Marlin is setting a blistering pace. The only car in the field for the moment that is running about as quick as he is, it's Dale Earnhardt as he continues to knock on the door to work his way to the front. But he's got better than a full straightaway to go before he'll catch the leader. Here comes Earnhardt out of turn number four. Davey Allison is directly ahead along with Rusty Wallace, and they're running door to door as they head back to turn one. Earnhardt is in the tenth position trying to overtake Rusty Wallace for the ninth spot. Davey, Wallison run, uh, Davey Allison, that is, running at eighth directly ahead, taking a higher line in turn two. Rusty puts it down to the inside, and Earnhardt tries to decide which lane to take. The Pontiac goes down to the bottom of the racetrack to try to get around Davey Allison. Instead, he loses a little bit of ground. That allows Earnhardt to pull a fender alongside and get the advantage through turn three. Looks like Wallace got a little loose getting into the corner, had to lift off the throttle for just a second. Earnhardt zipped by on the outside. He's now moved himself up and off in pursuit of Davey Allison. Let's go to pit road. Talk about the cars running fast. I talked to Mike Beam, Sterling Marlin's crew chief. He said his car was in the neutral position. That means it's pretty well the way he wants it. And also Richard Childress said the same thing about Earnhardt. Alan Kowicki's car is a little bit tight right now. Doesn't want to turn in the middle of the corner. If that car will not... the big thing here at Atlanta, if you've never been to this racetrack, or even if you have been to this racetrack, there's not a lot of banking going off into the corners, and you carry a tremendous amount of straightaway speed. They had a radar gun here a couple of years ago checking speeds, and you go off in there anywhere from 185 to about 188 miles an hour, and the banking doesn't really come into play until you get right in the middle of the corner. That's where you really have to crank that car very hard left, and if it won't take a set, if it's off just a little bit, you're in real trouble. Darrell Waltrip is one of those cars right now that is in danger of going a lap down here before too long if they can't get a pit stop or get something done on his car because he has lost an awful lot of ground and maybe we'll be able to get a report there in a few minutes. Barney uh, spoke with Jeff Hammond, the crew chief with Darrell Waltrip's car, and he said the car is just loose. That means it's trying, trying to uh, uh, spin out. You know, it, uh, When he turns the corner, the car wants to spin out on him. That's a dangerous thing here, especially with the track uh, maybe a little bit slick. So uh, they're just kind of biding their time until they can get in and make an adjustment on it. On pit road, Dave Marcus has brought the Big Apple Market Chevrolet for an unscheduled stop. Winston Kelly. 
They've gone to work on the left side of the car. Now, Dave Marcus stopped for gasoline before they threw the green flag. Now they're working on the left side of the car, and they'll be sending Chevrolet back out onto the racetrack in just a moment. Dave Marcus had some good runs here over the years. He's a former winner here in Atlanta. It's been a long time, but he has visited Victory Lane here at the Speedway. 29 laps go up on the scoreboard. 328 will make up the Motorcraft 500. We're still under very overcast skies, very damp and very cool here all day long is the forecast, and hopefully this rain will stay away. If it stays like this, it'll be ideal racing conditions. The fans might be just a little bit cooler than they'd like, but as far as the track condition and everything else, it is not bad at all. 30 laps go up on the scoreboard. Sterling Marlin having his day in the sun here, and a lot of folks were predicting that team would win a race before they had reached the halfway point of the season. I kind of feel like they might also. Strong combination with Sterling and Junior Johnson and the crew that they've got over there. Mike Beam's credentials well-established as a Winston Cup crew chief, and they're not suffering from any of the new team blues because that really was just an extension of Junior's existing operation. All the race cars were built already, and a lot of the crew members were existing already, so really not suffering from any of the new team blues there, and they're running extremely well now. He's opened up a two-second lead over second place, Alan Kulwicki. The real tussle on the racetrack right now is a battle for third that's heading off into turn number one. Kenny Trader's got a Chevrolet revved up now, going to the inside of the track, trying to bypass Brett Bodine, whose Buick is breaking loose just a tad coming off the corner. For now, Bodine holds him at bay, but now Schrader makes the move. Ducks to the inside, wide down to the bottom of the racetrack as they head into turn three. Schrader throws it to the bottom of the track to get under Brett Bodine, and he'll have the advantage. Kenny Schrader will move up another position. That's another team that's really hoping to get things turned around here early in the season, and so far they have. They looked awfully good at Rockingham. 32 laps are on the board. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Sterling Marlin leads the Motorcraft 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 36 of 328 scheduled laps are in the books. Alan Kulwicki is running second. Third is Ken Schrader. Brett Bodine is running fourth. And Ernie Irvin is running fifth. Mark Martin is sixth. Michael Waltrip is seventh. Davey Allison is eighth. Dale Earnhardt is ninth. And Rusty Wallace is running tenth. Taking you a little bit farther back. Eleventh is Kyle Petty. Hutt Strickland is running twelfth. Coming off of turn number four now, running in the 13th spot is Bobby Hillen. Morgan Shepard is 14th. Bill Elliott is 15th. 16th is Ricky Rudd. Derek Cope is 17th. Jimmy Spencer is 18th. Jeff Bodine is 19th. And Dale Jarrett is running 20th. And a little problem going on right now on Brett Bodine's Quaker State machine also. That car not working through the corners. He's lost at least a couple of spots going through the turns. Let's go to pit road. The problem on Brett Bodine's car, Barney, is it's a little bit loose coming off the corners, which is what we're hearing from a lot of the crew chiefs. That was the problem on Dave Marcus's car as well. He had two problems. One, the car was a bit loose coming off the corner. The other is there's a car out there that he reported was blowing some oil. He had oil on his windshield and couldn't see very well. So that's the problem on Brett Bodine and Dave Marcus. That's a problem on a lot of cars. The problem on Earnhardt's car. It is not able to turn coming off that corner either. A moment ago, he had it hooked up pretty good getting into the turn, getting up toward the middle of the corner. But all of a sudden, we're seeing the rear end of that car really kick around as he comes out of turn number four and into this long front straightaway. Earnhardt right now is caught up in a big pack of traffic out of turn number four as he rides behind Michael Walters' machine and Davey Allison and Brett Bodine. But he nevertheless, he continues to move up and caution is on the speedway. Starter on top the starter stand, Doyle Ford, just reporting up to the control tower. It has begun to sprinkle again out of the racetrack. That being confirmed by one of the NASCAR spotters out in turn number one. The caution flag will fly for some light rain beginning to fall again here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This will be technically the second caution of the race coming out on lap 39. Remember, we started the race 
under caution and green trying to dry the track from a shower that came through here earlier this morning and now the rain is going to put us under caution for the second time this on lap 39. Well it's going to be a break for an awful lot of the drivers because the way Sterling Marlin had been getting around here and the handle had gone away on several of those cars it will at least give them a chance to get onto pit road make an adjustment on the machine and get back out there and of course stay in the lead lap and be able to pull right back to the front because Sterling had put further than a straightaway on everybody from about fourth place on back. Next Sunday, MRN Radio will move on to the Volusia County Speedway in Barberville, Florida. We'll be bringing you the Florida 200 for NASCAR's Bush Grand National Series. If you're in the Daytona Beach area or Central Florida and you'd like to join us, Bush Pole qualifying will be at 7 p.m. Saturday night at the Volusia County Speedway. Plus, they'll have a full program there for the NASCAR Winston Racing Series. And then on Sunday afternoon, our broadcast of the Florida 200 beginning at 2 p.m. The Winston Cup Series with kind of a light schedule in the month of March. They'll take the next two weekends off. They'll return to action on Sunday, April the 7th at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. The Trans-South 500 will be the next event for the Winston Cup cars. From there in April, we'll move on to Bristol, Tennessee in the Valleydale 500 on April 14th, North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and the First Union 400 April 21st. April 28th, it's Martinsville, Virginia, and the Haynes 500, and then we'll begin the month of May in Talladega, Alabama with the Winston 500. We'll also visit Charlotte, North Carolina for the Winston and Coca-Cola 600 in May. In the month of June, we'll see the Winston Cup Series in Dover, Delaware, Sears Point, California, the Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania, and up in Brooklyn, Michigan at the Michigan International Speedway. Good time right now to make your ticket plans for Winston Cup Series racing in the first half of the 1991 season. Ticket availability has never been better than it will be right now. One car is taking advantage of the caution flag is on pit road, Bobby Hamilton. Let's go down for a report. They put a half a round of wedge in the car, which means that they're going to tighten it up. Also, Bob Barton is checking the air pressure on the right rear tire, trying to adjust the stagger. Also, Mickey Gibbs has come in, and Barry Dotson and the crew have also tried to tighten up the Team 3 Racing Pontiac. So just two pit stops on pit road. Now, another thing that will be interesting, Barney, we ran 12 laps of caution when we first got underway, and these cars can normally go around 58 to 60 laps of green flag conditions before pitting for fuel. So if we stay out under caution too much longer, a lot of these cars will have to come in and pit for fuel. 41 laps are being posted on the scoreboard here as some rain showers have began to fall on the speedway again. It looked like for a while we might be home free there. The ceiling had gone up a little bit and the wind had picked up and the racetrack had dried sufficiently to let them get under green. They're going to keep the cars out there to keep as much heat in that track as they possibly can. Let's give you the rundown as they were running when the caution came out on lap 40. Sterling Marlin was the leader. Alan Kowicki is second. Third, Ken Schrader. Ernie Irvin, fourth. And Mark Martin, fifth. Brett Bodine, sixth. Davey Allison, seventh. Michael Walter Baith, Dale Earnhardt 9th, and Rusty Wallace 10th. Kyle Petty was 11th, Hutt Strickland 12th, 13th was Bobby Hillen, Morgan Shepard 14th, and Bill Elliott 15th. Everyone on the lead lap to this point. Ricky Rudd 16th, Derek Cope 17th, Jimmy Spencer 18th, 19th Jeff Bodine, Dale Jarrett 20th, Harry Gant 21st, Rick Mast 22nd, 23rd Rick Wilson, Terry Labonte 24th, and Darrell Waltrip 25th. Uh, the Jeff Purvis car is running 26th. 27th is Jim Sauter, 28th Richard Petty, Bobby Hamilton, 29th, Chad Little, 30th, Dick Trickle, 31st, Dave Mater, 32nd, 33rd was the automobile of Ted Musgrave, and 34th was Jimmy Means. All those cars on the lead lap. One lap down will be Rich Bickle, Wally Dallenbach Jr., Joe Rutman, Mickey Gibbs, 
and the Andy Hillenberg car and two laps down Dave Marcus in 40th position all 40 starters still on the racetrack a lot of cars on pit road one of those Harry Gann of the hood was up Jim Phillips well so in is uh, Kyle Petty he's just getting a splash of gasoline and he's going back out on the speedway but that was the only two cars in, and we'll check out the Harry Gant problem. They have the hood up on Harry's car. Darrell Waltrip came in, and they did make a couple of adjustments on his machine, and there were some other cars in. Also, Terry Labonte made a pit stop there just a moment ago. Richard Petty came in as they were uh, doing a couple of things on his car, and we're also seeing right now Jimmy Spencer bring his machine down, and here comes a host of other cars that will pit on this circuit around the racetrack. Joe Ruttman appears to be one of those, and also... Uh, looks like Dave Mater is going to pit up at the far end of the racetrack. Could be a problem on Rutman's car. Let's go down there. Right now, all they're doing, Barney, is cleaning off the windshield and putting in gasoline. Doesn't appear to be a problem from where we stand. Also, gasoline going in the Andy Hellenberg car and Dave Mater, as you mentioned, on pit road. Most of these drivers just taking an opportunity to fill it up with gas and making a chassis adjustment. Also, Rick Wilson is in for service. And Jimmy Spencer... And Jimmy Means up toward Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks. Of course, now remembering that while we are under caution, the teams are not allowed to change tires. But one of the interesting things that's happening in front of Jim Phillips is there's no problem with them changing the air pressure in the tires, being that these are biased ply tires, Jim. That's exactly right, Alan. I talked to one of the tire specialists for the race. He said you could put five pounds in the right rear and let five out in the left rear and get a quarter of inch of staggers, which would make your car handle a, a lot better. Harry Gant's problem is his car's ex- extremely loose, and they put a rubber donut in the spring, the right front, to try to tighten it up. That makes the spring stiffer, and it makes the car tighter. So that's what they had the hood up on Harry Gant's car for. 44 laps are being posted on the scoreboard. We are under caution. It would technically be the second one of the day. This race started under a green and yellow condition, but this one comes out for rain on the racetrack, making it unsafe to run at full speed, so we're under caution for the moment. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Today's Motorcraft 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by TransSouth, home of the Dash for Cash Racing Contest. TransSouth, for the right loan, right now, by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76, by Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade, for that deep down body thirst. And by Planners Nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat planters. They're nuts, too. The red flag is flying over the Motorcraft 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Mother Nature is not being kind to us here this afternoon. The race started under a green and yellow condition just about, oh, say, 40 minutes ago or so. Due to some rain showers that came down this morning, wet the track. The cars were under the green and yellow trying to dry the track. We got about 40 laps of racing in. And the rains have uh, come down again, and now the red flag is being displayed from atop the starter stand. The field is coming down off of turn number four now, and down the pit lane, they will be parked on the pit road along the outside pit wall, that wall that separates the racetrack from the pit area, and uh, the teams will be allowed one crewman out to cover the car up, and we're going to sit here and, uh, and try and wait this out, it appears. Well, that's about all we can do. Uh, if the rain goes away again, it won't take too much longer to dry this racetrack, as we saw a little bit earlier this afternoon. For the most part, it has been Sterling Marlin's race. 
from the early going since they did put him on the green. He grabbed the lead about three or four laps after the green flag came out and has failed to relinquish it. Now, none of the front pack of traffic, at least the first eight to ten cars, have yet to pit under this caution flag that was out just a moment ago. So they will have to be coming in here very shortly. We'll keep tabs on that if they go back to green and see what happens. But none of the front machines did make a pit stop, even though a couple of them were not handling all that well. And uh, they would certainly like to get in there sometime and make a couple of adjustments on the car. We have had two caution flags. This race started under a green and yellow, and this one, of course, coming out because of the caution a moment ago because of the rain, and now they are red flagging the entire field, and they will park, as Alan Bestwick said, on pit road just off the racetrack out against the outside retaining wall. And as the drivers climb from their cars, our three pit reporters will uh, try and get a word with a couple of them, and we'll uh, see how they feel about the early stages of this event that we were able to get in under green. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Brightly colored umbrellas instead of racing hats decorating the grandstand of the Atlanta Motor Speedway here this afternoon. The red flag is halting the Motorcraft 500 for a rain delay after only 47 of the scheduled 328 laps and we'll just kind of sit here and wait it out this afternoon and find out what's going to happen if this storm is going to continue to lift and give us a chance to get this race returned to green flag. Uh, certainly we have no idea yet what's going to happen but they will, the NASCAR officials, wait it out as long as they possibly can before making any decisions about the, the effect that the weather will have on the scheduled running of this race. Well, they've got plenty of time yet to make a decision because uh, sunset officially, I think, is about 6.20 or 6.25, although we don't have the sun shining today. They could wait at least another couple of hours or so here before calling it for the day and maybe continuing the rain date for this race. And I uh, understand for all the NASCAR races now is officially the next clear day, which means should we not be able to get this race in here this afternoon, very likely we would run it again tomorrow. But hopefully we'll be able to continue it this afternoon as the field is now beginning to single file, park those cars down on pit road. And I'm sure it's going to be a welcome relief. And some of the crew members are going to come out and they're going to get an earful from some of the drivers saying, hey, boy, this thing is working great. Or, hey, this thing isn't working a lick. But uh, for the moment, they can do no work on these cars. All they can do is cover them up to keep the rain from falling on the machines and maybe getting inside the car and keep it as dry as they can. So it's going to be a wait-and-see deal for a little while here at Atlanta. Certainly of the laps that we've run today, Sterling Marlin and Dale Earnhardt have been the story. Earnhardt starting way back in the 21st spot, right now being shown officially in the ninth position. And Sterling Marlin, who started his car in the fourth spot but moved out to a very healthy lead in the very early laps that we ran, right now at the very head end of this conga line of race cars, lined up single file on the pit road, our Jim Phillips is standing by near the Maxwell House Ford. Well, Sterling Martin, as far as you're concerned, not the time for the caution and the rain to come. Well, not really. I tell you, all the boys on the crew have done a real good job with this car. It's, uh, man, it's working perfect right now. And uh, uh, we debated on changes this morning, but, uh, you know, we just left it like, we, left it, like it is, and uh, it's working real good. So uh, we'll just see how it goes, and maybe we'll put the Maxwell House forward in Victor Lane before the day's over. This racetrack, you've had uh, had some troubles in the practice in the la- on Saturdays, but when it comes to race time, you always run good here, some top five finishes. Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, tore two cars here in the last practice and start just, uh, you know, from scratch next day and run top five both days. But uh, it's a real good track. I like running here, and it's fun to run on. So, uh, you know, we got the car really, you know, the car's really hooked up now. And, uh, you know, it's probably some guys real tight early here, and uh, our car feels like it's about neutral, and uh, it's just working good right now. That's Sterling Marlin. Let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, Dale Earnhardt and Davey Allison and Rusty Wallace and all of them standing here kind of under an umbrella just like uh, discussing a Sunday afternoon uh, chit-chat here. What about it, guys? Uh, Dale, you 
Certainly had them hooked up for a while. The car working good down the bottom? Well, it's getting a little on the loose side. These are the tires we're qualified on, and they were on the loose side, and we get a, a little better set on as far as uh, race setup. Uh, you know, staggering all, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, we was talking about that. Somebody said something about how good you was doing over, and I said, ooh, yeah, and look, he just kind of slipped a little bit, and that time you kind of stopped. You didn't go much further than that. Was that, was that but the car was getting loose, right? Yeah, I think everybody's pretty much in the same boat, maybe except one or two of them, and they want to get in and do a little bit of adjustment and uh, maybe, uh, you know, change the stagger a little bit, and I think everybody would get a little bit more consistent here after this uh, first pit stop. Standing here talking to Davey Allison. Davey, uh, uh, these Fords are running pretty good, uh, but you got the Chevrolet looking right down your throat. Well, you know, uh, it looks like uh, Sterling and Allen are running good anyways right now. Uh, our car took off real fast on the start, and then all of a sudden it started to push a little bit. And we're just out there riding right now. Like Dale said, we're waiting for a pit stop to make some adjustments, and I think we're going to be a lot better off. This racetrack doesn't take much of a change. If the car just a little bit loose or just a little bit tight, then it's really difficult to keep up with the guy that's hooked up, right? Yeah, you know, uh, very seldom does the guys that run real good early in this race run good late in this race. So that's what we kind of set up for was later on in the race. And, you know, we're just going to go out there and, and, and try to stay in the top five or top ten until the end of the race, keep making some adjustments, be around, and try to make a run at them later on. I think that's a good point. Uh, uh, Barney and Allen, that's a, a point well took. This racetrack, it's hard to stay hooked up the same way all day long certainly is and as conditions continue to change due to the weather here it's even more impossible to guess if uh, if there is such a term in the english language and uh, there'll be a lot of guesswork going on if we get this thing back under green now the rain that came down kind of heavy in a quick burst is let off now to a fine mist and the nascar officials are going to put the uh, safety vehicles back on the racetrack to try and keep some heat in this thing and if this uh, fine mist that's coming down now will lift then they'll try and get the track dried again and restart the Motorcraft 500. Let's get out of pit road in Winston Kelly. We're standing alongside the Bodine brothers, Brett talking to his crew chief, Larry McReynolds. And Brett, you started out, the car was running well, and then it started to loosen up. What happened? Well, it looks like we've got a flat tire. Uh, it had a slight pinhole or something, and the car kept getting looser and looser and looser. And uh, I knew the chassis hadn't gone away, and sure enough, you know, I was riding around there uh, after it started raining. I felt like I had a flat uh, and as we come into pits, we got a right rear tire going down. Uh, you know, it's really going to put us uh, at a little disadvantage here. We're going to have to pit on the yellow and change it and then re-pit on the green flag and uh, change the tires we change. So, you know, unfortunately, our bad luck's following us around here a little bit. Do you think you can stay on the, the lead lap, Brett? Well, you know, with a two-tire change, you probably could if you could pit close to the leader behind him. But if we end up at the back of the line, we're probably going to end up losing a lap. Well, I tell you, if there's anybody that can, this team can get them back out. We were timing their pit stops at Rockingham, and on the end of pit road where we were positioned a couple of weeks ago, they consistently were in the 21-second range, which were some of the quickest pit stops all weekend. Jeff Bodine standing here. Jeff, how's the Budweiser Ford running? Well, it's not running too bad. Uh, we're a little loose. Uh, we don't have a flat tire. We're just a little loose. Our chassis is just a little bit off, but we're going to come in and... Uh, it's almost time for a pit stop anyway, so we're going to come in and make a chassis adjustment, and I think uh, the car is going to respond, and it'll be good enough. It started out pretty good. Uh, we started moving up to the pack, but it got a little bit too loose to get in there and, and get side-by-side side with some of those cars, so I just kind of backed off, and uh, we'll make that adjustment, and I think we'll be fine. Have you talked to Tim and Junior and see exactly how far you can go on fuel? Oh, yeah, they know how far. Uh, I just come in when they tell me. They're the boss. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's 47 laps that we've run so far, but quite a number of caution flag laps before we got underway. So we are getting close to a uh, fuel stop. And that's the word from Jeff and Brett Bodine down here on pit road. Well, the Bodine brothers hoping to get this thing back into green along with everybody else. I don't think I've ever seen this many umbrellas come out at one time because yeah. everybody must have really thought we were going to get some showers because the forecast yesterday, apparently everybody was listening to the radio and said, hey, I'm taking an umbrella because they are out in full force. I'll tell you, the weather uh, for the start of the entire season is not treated as that terribly kind, has it? I mean, we had the, the cold, cold weather and the rain interrupting the Gatorade Twin 125s down at Daytona during Speed Week and... Richmond was a question mark on both Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, Rockingham, no one. I, I think the legend of, of uh, Bill France Jr. having a direct connection to the Almighty really proved itself at Rockingham because I wouldn't have given you a nickel. We'd have got that race in. And lo and behold, the skies part, and we get the entire thing in that afternoon. And now here today, we are under the red flag due to a rain delay. We've not been treated too kindly by Mother Nature to start this year. Alan, they got uh, somebody that really runs well at this racetrack and has ever since he came to the south, and that's Rusty Wallace. Rusty? Your car's hanging in there pretty good. You uh, haven't gained a lot. You haven't lost anything either, so. Well, it's handling good. I'm getting in the corners good, and uh, I'm a little bit loose down in turn one and two. Pretty good in three and four. Uh, I'm just doing the best I can right now. Wait for the first pit stop and make some adjustments on that. I think like everybody else like to. But uh, so far, so good. Let's make an adjustments thing. That's, we keep hearing that all over the place. And I, I know I did this for a long, long time, and I hate to have to live under these under the conditions where you, have to, where you can't change the tires and stuff also. So you have to do everything else. You change tire pressures and stuff. Uh, that's uh, that makes a different car out of from what I remember about it. If you change, uh, if you soften up a right rear and you stiffen up a left rear just a little bit, you're going to change the wedge in the car, the stagger in the tire, all right. But you're going to have a whole brand new car too. Is that is that pretty true? Yeah, that's, I'd say that's a good assessment of it, Dick. You know, you got to remember one thing: we're not on the radial tire now. We're on a bias ply, and air air pressure adjustments make a big difference. If we're on the radial, we probably wouldn't notice that much difference. But uh, there's a lot of teams doing different things. It was kind of an unknown this morning when we started off, uh, you know, a wet racetrack. Uh, I changed. I put a higher gear in my car, so I wouldn't turn it quite so many RPMs trying to save the engine to get it to last this race. And uh, so far, everything's good, but there's different people changing gears, lower gears, higher gears. And uh, uh, I thought the, the track was going to be a lot quicker today because it was colder, and so I went on a conservative route. But uh, there's other people doing different things. I could talk for half an hour and tell you different things everybody's doing, but uh, it won't do any good. Years ago, when we had to, uh, they had some restrictions on the cars for uh, uh, weight adjustments, and you could only jack weight in certain tires and stuff because of the height of the cars and stuff. Everybody went to a lot of uh, trick, cheater-type uh, in-car jacks and stuff, uh, electronic motors and everything else on these things that would probably screw up you guys' radios and <laughs> stuff yeah. now. In this time of frame, is anything going to happen where the guys can't make adjustments anymore? You think guys are going to go to the expense of uh, trying to... Uh, uh, you know, just maybe shade the uh, rules just a little bit by getting some kind of a of an adjustment inside the car. Well, I don't know. I'm sure everybody try everything they can, but they always got that 12-week suspension looming in the background that scares them to death. That's the big thing. I know, uh, you know, testing is awful important to us. That's the reason we try to test every single day we possibly can to learn everything. Because nowadays, with the cautions uh, not coming out too often, you got to be right when you start the race. And if you're not right, you're, <laughs> you're not going to win or you're going to finish pretty poorly. So... We don't want to do that, and uh, that's the reason. And NASCAR is a great sport. I mean, they know they keep it simple. They keep it cheap by not letting us do all this high-tech stuff. I mean, heck, we could have blowers on them, fuel injected, everything. You know, all aluminum engines. We could make these cars run on just so fast uh, it'd make your head spin, but we, but we don't do that. Yeah, I understand. Okay, good luck to you. Now, you guys get your adjustments made every way you can. Well, thank you very much.
Okay. Well, we want to uh, take this moment while we're under the red flag to alert our local stations that in uh, just a couple of minutes here, we're going to turn our broadcast back over to you. So prepare some alternate programming, and we're going to take a break away from the Atlanta Motor Speedway during this rain delay. So alerting our local stations, we will be turning the programming back over to you in just a couple of minutes. Let's give you a rundown of how they were standing as uh, the red flag came out. Again, Sterling Marlin was the leader. 47 laps uh, complete of the 328 that'll make up the distance. Alan Kulwicki was second. Ken Schrader third. Fourth Ernie Irvin and fifth Mark Martin. Sixth Brett Bodine. Davey Allison seventh. Eighth Michael Waltrip. Ninth Dale Earnhardt and tenth Rusty Wallace. Hutch Strickland eleventh. Twelfth Bobby Hillen. Thirteenth Ricky Rudd. Derek Cope fourteenth. And Jeff Bodine fifteenth. Sixteenth Dale Jarrett, 17th, Rick Mast, Jeff Purvis, 18th, Dick Trickle, 19th, Ted Musgrave, 20th. 21st was Terry Labonte, 22nd, Jim Sauter, Chad Little, 23rd, Bobby Hamilton, 24th, and Kyle Petty, 25th, Richard Petty, 26th, Jimmy Spencer, 27th, 28th, Dave Mater, 29th, Rick Wilson, and 30th, Harry Gant, Darrell Waltrip, 31st, Morgan Shepard, 32nd, Bill Elliott, 33rd, and Jimmy Means, 34th. Those cars all on the lead lap. One lap down are Rich Bickle, Wally Dallenbach Jr., Joe Rutman, the Andy Hillenberg car, and Mickey Gibbs, Dave Marcus is 40th, two laps down. Let's quickly go back to the pits. We're with Daryl Waltrip, and uh, Daryl, things weren't working quite as well as you'd hope. What's your strategy? Well, you don't have to be Willard Scott to know that it was going to rain. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, I want to be in a race tomorrow, if at all possible. So, we were taking it kind of easy, and uh, our strategy is pretty good, actually. We came in here and got gas, and, uh, you know, everybody's going to have to come back in when they do go racing. So, uh, even though we're at the back now, we should be at the front when they get ready to restart. How was the car running? Most of the uh, drivers and crew chiefs have told us their car have been loose. Well, mine was loose, and uh, I, I must have not been able to find the right groove. I think I was in the only groove that was wet. That's how loose mine was. <laughs> That's Darrell Waltrip, the story on the Western Auto Chevrolet. He was hunting the championship groove. That's hard to find sometimes at every racetrack. <laughs> Your announcers for the last 40 years have said he's running in the championship groove. And I used to ask drivers, where is the championship groove? And they said out in the infield, I think. A couple of things we'll point out to you before we turn the programming back to our local stations during this red flag rain delay. Next weekend, in addition to the Bush Grand National Race we've told you about uh, down at Volusia County Speedway near Daytona, the Florida 200, the Winston Twin 200s will be running up at the Richmond International Raceway. It's 200 laps for the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour and a 200-lap race for the NASCAR Sportsman Division. A couple of Winston Cup connections in that event from Dale Earnhardt's team, Bobby Hutchins will be running in the Winston Modified Tour race, and Kirk Shelmerdine has filed an entry for the NASCAR Sportsman race, and of course, those are great shows. The Winston Modified Tour show at Richmond International Raceway is something to behold. If you like racing at all, even if you don't, uh, you'd get excited by this show, and that's going on next Sunday. And of course, the NASCAR Winston Racing Series is getting underway soon at racetracks all across America. The best short track racers in this nation competing for regional and national NASCAR Winston Racing Series championship honors. If you'd like the name, address, and schedule of the Winston Racing Series track nearest you, take a minute and write NASCAR Public Relations. They're at P.O. Box 2875, Daytona Beach, Florida, 321. One five. Alan, let's get a word with Alan Kowicki, who's had his uh, Hooters Ford up there in the thick of things all afternoon. What little we've got to run so far. How was your car, Alan? Pretty good. We're off to a good start here. We're just a little bit too tight in the middle of the corner, and uh, you know that could be just a quarter inch of tire stagger or something. That, you know, something that we probably can adjust uh, as the race goes on here. Uh, we're off to a pretty good start. Sterling's running good, and uh, we just want to stay up there and stay out of trouble for a while. 
Well, that's the place to do it at this racetrack because you can get caught up quickly and troubled here if your car is not working good in the corners. Yes, uh, you know, I couldn't see what was going on behind us too much there, but it's a lot more comfortable when you can stay up front and out of trouble and just run by yourself, and that's what we're going to try to do as long as possible with the car today. About how many different combinations do you have on tire stagger that you could line up in the pits for a racetrack like Atlanta? Well, it, it's just a matter of adjusting as you go. If you want a quarter inch more or a quarter inch less stagger, right now nobody really knows how much stagger they got on their car. I mean, we we think we know how much stagger we have, but uh, you know, the tires change with heat and pressure, and you know it. The stagger might have just closed up on that set there. Uh, we won't be able to really find out until we get them off. That's Alan Kowicki. Well, it's raining here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We are under a red flag. We started the race under a caution flag and got about 47 laps in, and the rain has come back to this area, and we are under the red flag. So we're going to turn the programming back over to our local affiliate stations until 3 p.m. this afternoon. Stations, we will return to the air at 3 p.m. this afternoon from here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway with a further update on the status and progress of today's Motorcraft 500. Under the red flag, due to rain, 46 laps in, Sterling Marlin is leading at this point, and we'll leave you now until 3 p.m. Eastern time when we We'll continue our live coverage of the Motorcraft 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. MRN Radio is a division of International Speedway Corporation. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. Yesterday afternoon, the Motorcraft 500 for NASCAR's Winston Cup Series had barely just begun when Mother Nature interrupted the proceedings. Caution is on the speedway. Starter on top of the starter stand, Doyle Ford just reporting up to the control tower. It has begun to sprinkle again out of the racetrack. That being confirmed by one of the NASCAR spotters out in turn number one. The caution flag will fly for some light rain beginning to fall again. The rain refused to let up yesterday, but today the skies are clearing, the track is drying, and we're moments from resuming the Motorcraft 500. Daryl Waltrip was one of a number of drivers who made a strategy play yesterday, hoping for an advantage on the restart today. Our strategy is pretty good, actually. We came in here and got gas, and, uh, you know, everybody's going to have to come back in when they do go racing, so uh, even though we're at the back now, we should be at the front when we get ready to restart. It's a Monday NASCAR special, the Motorcraft 500, next. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Motorcraft 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6. Pontiac, we build excitement. By Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR. By True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores. And by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the mountains of Bush Beer. Good morning, everyone, from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ready to go this morning here with the Motorcraft 500. Already the NASCAR officials have allowed the teams to fire the cars, take them onto the speedway. These laps are not counting. They allow them to go out. They will take five laps of preliminary indication to just warm up the oil in the engines. 
Some of the cars have already elected to come on to pit road to make some minor changes. Now, they will be allowed to change the air cleaners. They will be allowed to adjust the pressure in the tires. That was before the cars even went on to the speedway. And now there are these pit stops that are occurring right now. Well, why don't we find out what's going on down on pit road? Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, of course, uh, these cars want to get that tank filled up with gasoline to stretch the mileage 65 laps of what we talked about. Paul Andrews, who's the crew chief for Alan Kowicki. Paul, you came in and got your gasoline early. Well, we think it's just the best thing to do. We've talked to some other teams. We knew they were going to do the same thing, so we decided we better do it also. How about as far as the chassis was concerned when the rains came? How was the car working? Well, yesterday the car was a little tight. You know, we made an adjustment also on that pit stop, and we'll see what happens when the green comes out. Well, since this is a Monday, a lot of teams, you know, have a full crew on Sundays. But how about on Monday? Were everybody able to come back? Yeah, we've got all the guys. Yeah, we're fine. That's Paul Andrews. He's the crew chief for Alan Kowicki's Hooters Ford. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, if you are just joining us and you weren't with us yesterday, this race was actually begun yesterday afternoon, a little after 1 o'clock, and they ran about 31 green flag laps before it began raining again and eventually they were forced to postpone the race until today the car sat on pit road undercover all night now we have gone to a green and yellow situation and the laps are now counting here in the motorcraft 500 so we're 49 laps into the race and a series of pit stops now has jumbled the standings already as we're barely on the air barney and it looks like mark martin will go to the head of the class here when we get ready to restart the race well already some pit strategy could be coming into play as the guys that elected to come down and do whatever they were allowed to do on pit road in these early moments here this afternoon. Initially, uh, at some of the meetings this morning, these five laps, first five laps, were just to warm up the engines and everything, and then they would start counting. But the NASCAR officials looking at some threatening skies, although the forecast is good today, uh, getting things going just as quickly as they can. Let's get another report from pit road. Let's go down to Dick Brooks from Woodruff, South Carolina. Well, I'm standing here with Mike Bean, the crew chief for uh, Sterling Marlin, and uh Mike, when the thing ended up yesterday, you guys was in awful, awful good shape. Now, a lot of strategy is going to take place here. You, uh, The cars that pitted yesterday came came in. They're going to be up front. You guys had to pit today, but you were one of the first cars in and out. First of all, have you got, uh, are you going to have to come back for anything? you got to come back and make any changes? Uh, are you set to go again? Uh, what happened over the night? What do you talk about in a case like this? Well, you know, we... The only thing I hate about the rain is that we came, we started the race, and, you know, we had the best race car. Now everyone, they had a kind of chance to relax a little bit and think about what they needed to do, and we really didn't change. We changed our stack a little bit because we're going to be on war tires, and uh, I'm sure everybody's going to be a lot better today. The setup we had on our car for yesterday, it really suits the weather a little bit better today, so I think that... You know, if we can get back up front, we'll be okay. And hopefully if we have some luck and, you know, everything goes our way, we can win it for Maxwell House. Everybody have about the same attitude? You got the same team back? Or do you did you have a complete team or some of them have to go home? Or you got any substitutes or anything? No, I got the same outlaws I had yesterday. <laughs> yeah, okay. And they seem to be happy. Some of them was listening to that. They turned around and chuckled at it. So I think uh, all in all, uh, you know, they had 30 laps of running, uh, 30-some laps of, of actual racing yesterday to find out what they had. They had all night to talk about it, and uh, that'll be an advantage for some people. For some people, it won't. Some things that's going to happen, though, it was cool yesterday when they shut those things off. Even though they got to run a little while uh, under caution, uh, four or five laps before they actually shut them off, for people that understand uh, the engine parts or the, or the, the inside of an engine anyway, you got the valves and stuff. Uh, part of them are open. Part of them are closed. 
And in the case of exhaust valves, uh, that's hot in there. It's uh, the inside of that engine can get up to uh, uh, 2,800, uh, 3,000 degrees, and uh, short periods of time. And so when you shut the engine down, if it sucks cool air up in it, uh, then it can it can distort those just a little bit. So one of the worst things that can happen to an engine while you're running it on a cold day is to be is to have to shut it off pretty quick. So a lot of them stuff plugs and stuff in the exhaust and uh, whatever to keep it from sucking that cold air up in there. But uh, it, it will definitely tell a toll on some of these cars, some of them that uh, were really sharp yesterday, just a little bit off. Let's go to Pit Road and get a report from Winston Kelly. We're standing in the Quaker State Buick pit alongside Larry McReynolds. Larry, you came in and you changed tires. Now, what do you have to do now? Well, when our, when our lap comes up, which will be the third green lap, we've got to come in under NASCAR rules and change those two particular tires again. Larry, you didn't think that the tire could go the full distance to go the three laps rather than having to come in during well, caution? We had, a, we had a two-way situation. We really didn't have enough gas left to run these pace laps and make it to our third green lap. So we was kind of against the wall on the fuel situation, too. So we'll look for Brett Bodine to come back in in the Quaker State Buick. And another car that came in and did a little bit of chassis adjustment was the Raymock entry of driver Joe Rutman. We'll be going green to restart the Motorcraft 500 in two laps. Darrell, we're back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The field now being given the indication one more lap, and this race will go green. Lap 53 is just being posted up on the scoreboard. Now, Mark Martin is leading this race. He did not come on the pit road. Let's get a real quick report as to why uh, he probably stayed out there. Steve Beal, you didn't pit. No, it, it wouldn't have been any advantage to us. We can do the whole race on four pit stops. We're going to run, run along to about lap 67 or 68, go ahead and put some tires on, put some gas in. It wasn't going to help us. We hadn't led a lap yet this year, and we didn't want to be, back, be in the back of the line. So, you know, it really, the yellow was no advantage to us. That's Steve Beal. Half a lap from going green. Let's reacquaint you with the voices that will be bringing you the action in the turns today. First in turns one and two from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia, Joe Moore. Atlanta Motor Speedway known for its wide turns. If you don't handle in the turns, you're in trouble since they make up half the racetrack. We'll be following all the action as the cars come into turn one and off two and hit this back straightaway today. And in turns three and four, David Hyatt of Daytona Beach, Florida. Thanks, Alan. They'll come down the back straightaway at about 180 miles an hour before diving into the 24-degree banking of turns three and four where it gets kind of tricky. Safety car making the hard left turn now down onto the pit road. Mark Martin will be the leader on the restart. Jeff Purvis will be second, followed by Terry Labonte and Jim Sauter. We're ready to get the Motorcraft 500 back underway. Green flag is in the air. They take it down to turn number one. And on the start, Mark Martin will pull away by two, maybe three car lengths before they hit turn one. Martin gets the jump, but behind him, it's really stacked up as Andy Hillenberg holds up the Terry Labonte car. The one car that does get away with Martin, though, is Jeff Purvis. They're about 10 car lengths in front of the Dave Marcus car. Those two cars will break away from the field. Marcus being a lap back from pit stops that happened yesterday. Now Andy Hillenberg trying to get out of the groove, but still sewing up Terry Labonte as they go to four. Off of turn number four now, Mark Martin will lead lap number 55. It's Martin the leader, then Jeff Purvis running second. Third on the racetrack will be the Wally Dallenbach car. Excuse me, he being a lap down will put Terry Labonte in third. Jim Sauter is fourth. Chad Little is fifth. Back in the sixth spot now is Kyle Petty. Seventh is Bobby Hamilton. In eighth now, the Richard Petty car. Running ninth will be Jimmy Spencer. Tenth now, Rick Wilson as they make their way off turn two. Straightening it out single file now. Mark Martin will have about a second advantage over the Jeff Burvis car as they head through turn three. Darrell Waltrip is back in 11th spot right now, trying to find some running room and diving under him. Morgan Shepard is going to take the 11th position away from Darrell 
Darrell Waltrip. The real door-to-door racing, the hard scrambling is going on back in the middle of the pack for some of those cars that made a pit stop a moment ago. Sterling Marlin, Dale Earnhardt, and Davey Allison locked up in a good battle, swinging back to turn two. Marlin working well to the inside of the racetrack, getting by some of the slower traffic. Now he goes wide at the turn two. Davey Allison works underneath him, and to the outside of him comes the Goodrich Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt. That's a good battle going back in the pack there. Everybody switching back and forth, changing lanes, coming through on top, though. Looks like Morgan Shepard as he gets by Bill Elliott over in turn four. One car off the pace in turn Davey four. Allison trouble. having trouble in turn four, gets out of shape, backs up the banking, slams into the wall. Everybody else stays out of his way. Rusty Wallace barely getting by as he drops off the banking. Bobby Hillen spins as well. Jeff Bodine taking evasive action down to the inside of the track. Brett Bodine takes to the pit lane to avoid the accident. And we are under caution for the third time in the Motorcraft 500 as Davey Allison broke loose and spun backed into the outside wall in turn number four. Mark Martin, the leader, has not yet taken the caution flag. He's coming back around now through the accident side off of turn number four. Allison's car has gone to the bottom of the track out of the way, and now Mark Martin will take the caution flag on lap number 58. Davey Allison has wrinkled that car very badly. He took a hard lick to the outside wall and a couple of good pieces of driving by some of the Winston Cup teams as they came through there to keep from getting a piece of Davey Allison's car. But it is going to be very unlikely that Davey will be able to continue this race because he really took a shot to the outside wall coming into turn number four. Safety crews are there immediately. We are under the yellow flag here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll take a short break from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, we're under caution in the Motorcraft 500. The race just resumed a couple of laps ago. We ran two green flag laps, and then an accident up in turn number four of this racetrack. Davey Allison backing into the outside wall hard. The Haviland Ford is hooked up to the tow truck right now. They're bringing it down through the pit area and into the garage with some very heavy rear-end damage. Davey Allison has gone into the ambulance for the mandatory trip to the infield care center, and he'll get a check over there, and uh, we hope to get a word with him once he's completed that. Allison will become the first car out of this race between yesterday and today. That's a heartbreaker because that car was really hooked up, and the last few weeks the team has shown an awful lot of promise of really getting uh, things going to where they could get to victory lane. They ran strong at Daytona, they ran strong at Richmond, at Rockingham, and then they had high hopes of winning this thing here today. Really couldn't what triggered that accident over there looking in the middle of the corner there was a lot of traffic around him but when we looked up and saw the car spinning it suddenly went to the outside wall but he took a heck of a shot out there and very likely that car is out for the day barney david was all right he, he jumped out of the uh out of the ambulance and run into the hospital like uh, you know you've got to do that they want you to go in there and get a check over no matter what but he's in a hurry to get back out of there and do something else so he's not there's no problem with it perhaps he wants to get back out and see if there's any way to get that car back out here and and put some more laps on the racetrack because it's early in the season, but they don't want to lose any Winston Cup points if they don't have to. And, in fact, the uh, Allison pit crew now is running down the back of pit road with the cart that has their toolbox on it and all of their tools heading back for the garage area. Davey has said at the start of this season that even if they have bad luck, they are going to do everything they possibly can to get every lap in and every race that they can. Last year, he said, we didn't do that. If we had a problem, we loaded the car up, and at the end of the year, it cost us a good 15 or 20 points, which cost us a whole bunch of money at the end of the season in December up in New York. 
Traffic was really getting bottled up there a couple of minutes ago. There was a lot of heavy packs of traffic going off into the corner. Some of the lap cars that were just simply could not have any place to go, so to speak, going into the turns were holding up some of the faster cars, and that might have been a factor in that accident over in turns three and four. But whatever the reason, Davey Allison likely will be out for the afternoon because just looking at the cars, they pulled it through the pit wall. It is badly crunched on the left side. Barney, one thing that happens under, under a caution like that, uh, some people get hurt, some people don't. Uh, like yesterday with the rain out, one thing was Ernie Irvin's car had a, the shroud that covers the fan for the radiator had came loose and was dangling in there. So they uh, got the opportunity to come and fix it. So if you say, well, for some people it hurts them, some people it really helps them. He would have been in a lot of trouble uh, if the caution hadn't came out the way it did yesterday. So sometimes it works out. A couple of cars taking advantage of this caution. Darrell Walter brings the Western Auto machine back to pit road, and Jeff Purvis is also in the pits right now in his machine. Let's cover the Waltrip stop. Well, they're going to they jacking the car up like they're going to. Uh, well, they didn't bring any tires out, but they've got the car jacked up. They've got they've got the wrenches in the car, and uh, they put a little bit of bite in the left rear, which meant they screwed down on the jack, put more pressure on the left rear spring. And they took a little bit off of the right rear, and they're changing uh, air pressure in the car. Uh, uh, Daryl mentioned yesterday that they had a little bit of a handling problem, and the only way they could really adjust it was uh, with air pressure. And uh, they're changing the wedge on the car, and they're also now bumping the spoiler up. So that's more an indication that the car is trying to spin out on him. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Under caution in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 61 of 328 laps are complete. Let's set the running order for you as they follow the Ford Thunderbird safety car. Mark Martin is the leader. Running second would be Terry Labonte. Kyle Petty is third. Jim Sauter is fourth. And Chad Little is running in the fifth position. Sixth on the racetrack is Dave Mater. Rick Wilson is seventh. Jimmy Spencer is eighth. Morgan Shepard is ninth. Bill Elliott is tenth. Eleventh, Ken Schrader. Sterling Marlin, twelfth. Dale Earnhardt, thirteenth. Alan Kulwicki is fourteenth. Michael Waltrip is running fifteenth. Harry Gant is sixteenth. Hutch Strickland, seventeenth. Eighteenth is Dale Jarrett. Nineteenth is Derek Cope. Ricky Rudd is running twentieth. Twenty-first, Rusty Wallace. Twenty-second is Ernie Irvin. Running in the 23rd position is Bobby Hillen. 24th is Rick Mast. And running in the 25th position is Jeff Bodine. That's how they're lined up right now behind the safety car under caution. Alan, if there's any question as to whether Davey Allison is okay, he literally sprinted out of the infield care center to come over to the car to see if he could get it fixed. Davey, what happened out there? Well, I was on the inside of Dale down there in uh, 3 and 4, and uh, car, a slower car pulled down to the inside and we went through there three wide with no problem as we came out the other side. We all put our foot back in the gas. The air just sucked off the back of my car, and it just pulled it around. I tried to keep it going for as long as I could to see if I could correct it, but there was no way to save it. You talked to Robert Yates. Can you get the car fixed and back in? Well, we're just now getting over here to look at it, so I don't know. That's Davey Allison. He's going to try to get this Haviland Texaco Ford Thunderbird back in the race. Field being given the indication by the starter, Doyle Ford, at one more lap, and we will go back to green flag racing. Next weekend, MRN Radio, I should say this weekend now, this being Monday instead of Sunday, MRN Radio will be down at the Volusia County Speedway in Barberville, Florida, near Daytona. We'll be covering the Bush Grand National Series, Florida 200, 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Bush Pole qualifying for that race is Saturday night at 7 p.m., followed by a full Winston Racing Series program at the Volusia County Speedway. The Winston Cup Series is off until Sunday, April 7th, when they'll run the Trans-South 500 at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. The month of April continues with 
with action at Bristol, Tennessee in the Valleydale 500 on the 14th, the 21st, North Wilkesboro in the First Union 400, and April 28th, the Haynes 500 at Martinsville, Virginia. Ticket offices at those speedways are open here this morning. 63 laps on the board. They will go green next time by. Quickly to updating you on the True Value Hard Charger points in the race at this juncture. Sterling Marlin currently leads that. Alan Kowicki is second, and third is Brett Bodine. Forming up for a double-file restart over in turn three. Right on the point, it's going to be Mark Martin again. He's followed by Sterling Marlin and Kyle Petty, a host of lap cars down on the inside for that double-file restart. Terry Labonte needs a good run here. Had a long chat with him in the garage area the other day. They have kind of got off to a slow start in the year 1991. A new ride for him. He had been at that team before. Here they come out of turn number four. Green flag is in the air. Mark Martin, the leader. Right behind him, Terry Labonte and Kyle Penny as they take it back to turn number one. Still door to door as they hit the corner. The lap car is down on the inside. Martin is able to break away now, but Terry Labonte hung up with Dave Marcus's lap machine. Those two go side by side into turn number two. Kyle Penny runs third. Fourth now, Jim Sauter. Stretching it out now, single file. Mark Martin will continue to be the leader as he dives into turn three right behind him. Dave Marcus trying to get that lap back, but working to his high side is Sterling Marlin. Now Kyle Petty was one of those cars that made a pit stop for fuel under that yellow flag yesterday afternoon, hoping that when the rest of the leaders made a pit stop this morning, he'd come back to the front. Right now it's working for him. He's trying to battle Terry Labonte for the second spot. He'll get right by him going into turn one, taking the inside lane, so move Kyle Petty now up to the second position. In third now the Terry Labonte car. In fourth Jim Sauter machine as they get the back straight away. That battling has allowed Mark Martin to pull away. He has about a second advantage now over Kyle Petty, who's running in second. Couple that to a lap car of Dave Marcus between the two. And there's a big pack of traffic behind the top six positions as they work out of turn number four, and that's where all the door-to-door hard-nosed racing is going on right now. And locked up in that are Joe Rutman and Rick Wilson as they work back to turn number one. That's ninth and tenth positions trying to work their way free of some of the lap traffic. Dave Maynard, one of those lap cars, holding the inside line. Rutman now makes his move directly behind Behind them is Sterling Marlin and Dale Earnhardt racing side by side. All of those cars run side by side down the back straightaway. One car will drop out to take a look. That'll be Morgan Shepard trying to get around the Joe Rutman and Wally Dallenbach machine. He can't do it as he stays side by side with Rick Wilson. Boy, big bottleneck of traffic there. This is going on a good distance back behind the leader, Mark Martin. Opened up about a half a straightaway on this group of cars racing now. Ken Schrader trying to slice through traffic. Dale Earnhardt caught up in that pack as well. Schrader opens up a lane down on the inside of one of the lap cars, and now Rick Wilson will try to to fill that gap. He slides down to the inside, stacked up behind him, two by two, Morgan Shepard, Bill Elliott, and Dale Earnhardt. That's where all the door-to-door racing is going on as they come down the back straightaway. About six cars are double file as they head to turn three, being held up just a little by the Jim Sauter car. He gets a little out of shape, and Earnhardt falls up single file behind Bill Elliott. They'll put 68 laps on the scoreboard this time across the line. A couple of cars are on pit road for just routine stops. The Woodbrothers Sitco Ford is in with Dale Jarrett and Richard Petty's STP Pontiac being attended to. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Kyle Petty leads in the Motorcraft 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia. MRN Radio on hand with live coverage for you on this Monday after the postponement of yesterday. Alan Bestwick with Barney Hall, Joe Moore, David Hyatt, Jim Phillips, Dick Brooks, and Winston Kelly. Mark Martin, a tough break on that green flag pit stop we described for you a moment ago. He's back on pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, they came in. They put right side tires on the Folgers board about the time they said they would come in at about lap 70. They were jacking wedge at the right side and they jacked some wedge in and then it started again and then Mark Martin took off as the jack fell and it cost them a penalty because they had to come back in and take the ratchet out of the right side. 
Martin goes back onto the speedway. Meanwhile, Bobby Hamilton's car is on pit road. It hit the wall up at the corner a moment ago. Let's get a report there. They've got the left front tire off, and they've got A-frame problems on the car. The left front tire was bowed out turning completely left and the right front tire was bowed the other direction so a lot of front end damage to Bobby Hamilton's car also some damage to the right side of the country time Oldsmobile meanwhile the leader has just left turn number two that's Kyle Petty and he has almost a little better than a half a straightaway on the rest of the field as he works back into turn three he stretches it out keeps a smooth line through turn three it's a two three seconds now back to Bobby Hiller Jr. who is the nearest car to him Kyle Petty Opening up about two and a half seconds now over the second place car of Terry Labonte. The guy that's on the move is Ken Schrader. Right now battling with Jimmy Spencer. That'll be for the third spot as Schrader will try and get underneath Spencer in turn one. They were side by side last time through this end of the speedway here. Turns one and two once again. Schrader goes way low as Spencer slips up the banking just a tad. Schrader not quite able to pull down underneath. He'll follow Spencer down the back straightaway. They'll pull up nose to tail right against the outside retaining wall on the back stretch. Dive into turn three again. Schrader will take a look to the inside. Those two luminances are door to door. Kenny Schrader's car is really hooked up at this juncture of the race as he's working his way up to the front to catch the leader Kyle Petty. Meanwhile, looking back in the pack, there are a lot of cars that are really not getting it done. Harry Gantz having a lot of problems getting through the corners here. Ernie Irvin's car not working in the corners either. Neither is Rusty Wallace's machine as that pack of traffic heads back to turn two. Another one of the cars having some problems early on, Barney, is Daryl Waltrip. His car skates way up the back in here, almost up against the wall. He's been doing that the last several laps. He's way back at the tail end of the field, really fighting to keep that machine rolling. Marty, a lot of the cars up in this end of the speedway that we expected to be sticking down at the bottom of the racetrack are riding a higher line than anticipated as they come through turn three or four, maybe contributing to their handling. Need to document also, if you're following the fates and fortunes of Brett Bodine, we talked at the very top of our show how he had a tire go flat in the closing laps of yesterday afternoon's action. Changed that tire under caution in the preliminary laps to this race today and under the NASCAR caution pit procedures when the race went green, had to come down pit road to change that same tire again. Well, Bodine was coming down pit road just when the caution came out for Davey Allison's accident and under the pit rules, he kind of got a freebie there. He was able to make that pit stop as the field was slowing down to catch the caution flag. So Brett Bodine made the green flag tire stop. He's back on the track and trying to work his way up through traffic. And that was a good break for him. The car that's really on the move right now is Jimmy Spencer and that team really needs a shot in the arm to run well here today. Spencer has just moved up into the number two spot. He got around Terry Labonte there a moment ago and Labonte has his hands full hanging on to the third place. They're in turn three. Ken Schrader moves down to the inside of uh, rather Terry Labonte. They get side by side through turn three and Schrader grabs the spot. Off of turn number four, Kyle Petty is the leader. Second is Terry Labonte. Third is Jimmy Spencer having a good run so far. Fourth is Ken Schrader. Rick Wilson is fifth. Chad Little sixth. Bill Elliott seventh. Sterling Marlin eighth. Dale Earnhardt is ninth. And Jim Sauter is tenth. Here's a car moving up down into turn number one. Sterling Marlin trying to work his way back up to the head of the pack. He goes to the inside, now to the outside, getting around traffic, working on the Dave Marcus car here as they exit turn two. Those two cars keep it side by side down the back straightaway. Marcus will go down to the inside of the racetrack, but on point. Pulling away in front of them, that will be uh, Terry Labonte and Rick Wilson. Kyle Petty has now an advantage of a little better than five full seconds over the rest of the field. The rest of the field right now being Jimmy Spencer. Kenny Schrader rides third. Fourth is Terry Labonte. Good scramble going on for fifth place in turn one. Bill Elliott's got his forward down to the inside of the Rick Wilson machine. Trying to make a pass on that car. Wilson skirts up the banking a bit. Sterling.
Marlon Marlon directly behind him. Bill Elliott comes out in turn two and hits the back straightaway in front of that pack of cars. Elliott gets that spot. They'll stretch it out single file. And now Sterling Marlin will take a look to the inside of Rick Wilson. He'll bring his Ford right down to the inside of the Buick of Rick Wilson, but he has to fall back single file. This all going on now in a battle for the sixth position on the racetrack, moving off of turn number four, while leader Kyle Petty is all the way back to the end of the front straightaway and into turn number one. Kyle's got plenty of clear sailing here. The only car within eye shot of him now is the Bobby Hillen machine, which is about 10 or 12 car lengths back and not on the lead lap. The second place car is that of Jimmy Spencer. He's a full straightaway or 1,300 feet back behind Kyle Petty as the mellow yellow Pontiac continues to pull away through turn four. One of the quickest cars on the racetrack, just put the watch on him a moment ago, is Dale Earnhardt. All of a sudden, Earnhardt's got it hitched up. He's not sticking at the bottom of the racetrack like we've seen him do in recent years here at Atlanta, but he's posting some good lap times. He's picked off another six or seven cars in the last eight or nine laps around this racetrack as he tries to reel in the leader as they work back to turn one. Earnhardt's moved up to the ninth position now and is trying to track down Sterling Marlin. Marlin's in that track of traffic we described a few moments ago along with Rick Wilson and the Terry Labonte cars. They make their way onto the back stretch. Marlon has his hands full trying to get around Rick Wilson. He has kept that Thunderbird tucked right into the back of Rick Wilson's Buick. Every time they go by through turn three, he'll take a look, but has to move back up single file. Already leader Kyle Petty is across the start-finish line. He completes the 83rd lap. Jimmy Spencer runs second. Third is Ken Schrader. Bill Elliott has now moved up to fourth. Terry Labonte is fifth. Kyle Petty leads lap 87 of 328 in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. MRN Radio with live coverage for you today. Petty leads. Jimmy Spencer is running second. Third is Ken Schrader. Fourth is Terry Labonte. And Bill Elliott is running fifth. Sixth is Rick Wilson. Sterling Marlin is seventh. Dale Earnhardt is eighth. Chad Little is ninth. Right now, Morgan Shepard is running tenth. 28 of the 40 starters are on the lead lap. Only one car is in the garage. That the Davey Allison machine from an accident that occurred back on lap 58. Kyle Petty had an, has an advantage right now, just a pinch over six seconds, and he is pulling away from the entire field. Best battle on the racetracks going on out of turn two. That's Bill Elliott working on the outside of Kenny Schrader, a battle for the third spot. It looks like Elliott will win it. They'll take it out nose to tail now down the back straightaway. Elliott has the advantage. He's pulling away now by about a car length, trying to track down Jimmy Spencer. Now, Harry Gant visited pit road just a moment ago. Let's get a report there. The routine stop that came in changed four tires in 23.4 seconds. They put 87 laps on those tires, and that's the reason a lot of these cars are going to the top of the racetrack now. We're getting quite a few laps on the tires. Off of turn number four, Bobby Hamilton makes a return visit to pit road. He scrubbed the wall off of turn number four several laps ago. They've been repairing damage to that car. Winston Kelly. The damage was to the tie rod on the left front of the car, and they replaced that. Now they're changing right side tires. Bob Barton is pulling off the right front tire, and the Bay Huge lead crew will change two tires on the Country Time Oldsmobile and return Bobby Hamilton to the battles, and he's one of the Rookie of the Year contenders in the 1991 Tour. One of the fastest cars on the racetrack now, Sterling Marlin. He has really been getting around the speedway the last eight or nine circuits. He and Earnhardt were running along there together for a moment. Now Earnhardt is not really getting around this racetrack like he was a little bit earlier, and it is very obvious Dale doesn't have that thing hooked up at at all in either end of the speedway. But on the other hand, Sterling Marlin probably is the only car out there that is running down the leader, Kyle Petty. Here's Mark Martin bringing the Folgers coffee machine to pit road. Let's follow that pit stop. Well, Marty, Mark Martin has a flat tire, so the strategy that uh, they started out with earlier today has not really worked for them. They're going to the right side. As a matter of fact, this time they're going to change all four tires on the Folgers Ford. It's Steve Bill and Robert Pimperson work on the right side. The left side lugs are loose and come around with a jack on the left side. Also, they took 
more wedge out of the car. So evidently, Mark Martin's car has been very tight today, going, not wanting to turn in the corners. They do the work, 21.8 seconds, a good pit stop for Mark Martin's crew. And Alan, this racetrack is going to be totally different than it was Friday when they practice. It's going to be totally different than it was Saturday in that last practice session. Yesterday we had an awful lot of rain. A lot of the teams started this race kind of, as they say, with a shot in the dark as the, as the type suspension that should be under the car. Same thing again this morning. Temperature conditions are different. Track conditions totally different. So it's going to be a kind of a a shot in the dark all day to see who comes up with the right combination to win this thing. Well, the thing that's been happening here is that Saturday afternoon they ran the ARCA race here, put a lot of rubber down on the racetrack. The teams went out and made their final practice sessions. All that was washed off Saturday night. They came out yesterday morning and began the race. They got only about 50 laps of it in, started to build some rubber in, then it all got washed back off again. So they came out again this morning to another completely green racetrack. And as they run about 200 miles into this race, they'll build more rubber and more rubber into the racetrack. And that'll completely change the handling characteristics on these race cars. So what's working good now might not work good 250, 300 miles into the race. What's not working good now might be just the ticket by the time we get towards the end of this thing. And that's where you need a crew chief that can second guess and come up with the right answer. Jim Sauter, who's been running up at the front of the pack, is on pit road. We'll cover his pit stop. Well, they're changing uh, right side tires on it. They're going to make a four-tire change on the car. And uh, with him going, they... <laughs> The 98 car that just came in also, they're going to try to make a change on his car, on Jimmy Spencer's car. They're going to change uh, right sides on it. They're taking left sides off. They don't have Jim Sauter back on the racetrack yet. They had a little problem getting the right side tires done. They've got it full of fuel. But uh, Jimmy Spencer's car, they've got the right side changed, and they're now going to the left side. Spencer's car still up on the jacks as Jim Sauter leaves pit road. Spencer had been running in second before making the pit stop. Now the car is down. The Mr. Peanut machine begins to accelerate down pit road. But Jimmy Spencer will lose at least one lap as Kyle Petty has already come by the start-finish line. The advantage right now for Kyle Petty over Sterling Marlin, who is one of the cars that is really trying to run him down, is about nine and one-tenths of a second. About 15 laps ago, Sterling was almost 23 seconds behind him. So Sterling is really one of the quickest cars out there. He's beginning to reel in the leader, Kyle Petty. Here's Rick Mass bringing his machine onto pit road. We'll cover the stop. Well, they're going to do uh, right sides on it. I don't see any evidence at this particular time of doing left sides yet. This particular racetrack uh, really needs tires. Uh, fresh tires are quite a bit quicker than the used tires are. They're bumping the spoiler up on it a little bit, but they only did right sides and let them go. Rick Mass down and on his way back onto the racetrack. 96 of 328 laps are complete. Kyle Petty is the leader. Bill Elliott has moved up into the second spot. Ken Schrader is third. Sterling Marlin is fourth. Terry Labonte is running fifth. About a steady five-second lead for Kyle Petty in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 101 laps are complete. Bill Elliott trying to close ground on the mellow yellow Pontiac, but so far only able to do so when Kyle gets hung up in some lap traffic. Elliott is second. Ken Schrader is third. Fourth is Sterling Marlin, and the car that was running in fifth place is on pit road. That's the Terry Labonte car. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're going to do four tires on his car. They've got the right side done. They've about got the left side done. They're dropping it down, and he goes away. The car's been running very good for him today. The uh, eight car of uh, Rick Wilson was in also. The car's been running very well, and they changed four, sides on his, uh, four tires on his car and let him go. 
Darrell Walter peels off the banking in turn number four and again will bring his car back to pit road. And he is one of the machines that we've been watching on the racetrack that is really having trouble just keeping it between the concrete walls. And Dick Brooks pointed out on the commercial break there, looking at both ends of this racetrack in one and two and three and four, there are an awful lot of cars out there that are really skating through these corners. And Joe Moore, a couple of times, we've seen him come right up to the wall in front of your position. Some close calls for a couple of the drivers we uh, mentioned a little while ago. Jimmy Smith, when he was running second, would come into turn one right down to the bottom of the track and would skate almost all the way up to the outside wall. Also for Michael Waltham, a couple of hairy moments here when his car almost got sideways on him. He now has come in, as has Spencer. Both have new tires, and both are looking considerably better now. Pit action continues under the green flag. Dick Trickle is down pit road. Also coming onto the pit lane would be the Ted Musgrave car as Kyle Petty continues right now to just have it all his way. He's just put a lap on Rick Mast. He also put a lap on Jeff Purvis a lap ago, and his lead holding at about a steady 5.1 seconds over Bill Elliott's. Let's run you back through the field now, give you how they're running as of 104 laps. Petty is the leader. Bill Elliott is second. Ken Schrader is third. Fourth is Sterling Marlin, and fifth is Terry Labonte. This coming just before those pit stops a moment ago. Sixth was Rick Wilson. Ricky Rudd was seventh. Chad Little having a good run in eighth spot. Ernie Irvin was ninth, and tenth on the racetrack was Rusty Wallace. Eleventh, Morgan Shepard. Twelfth, Alan Kowicki. Thirteenth to Derek Cope. Hutt Strickland, fourteenth. Jeff Bodine, fifteenth. Darrell Waltrip, sixteenth. Brett Bodine, seventeenth. Dick Trickle, eighteenth. And nineteenth was Dave Mater. All those cars running on the lead lap. 20th, Jeff Purvis, Michael Waltrip 21st, Ted Musgrave 22nd, Jimmy Means 23rd, Dale Earnhardt 24th, Jimmy Spencer 25th, 26th, Dale Jarrett 27th, Wally Dallenbach 28th, Harry Gant. Two laps down, Rick Mastin 29th, 30th, Rich Bickle. Three or more laps down would be Mickey Gibbs, Joe Rutman, Bobby Hillen, Andy Hillenberg, Jim Sauter, Richard Petty, Mark Martin, and Dave Marcus. The leader is on pit road. And they wheel around to the right side. Bonnie Jim Sutton and Lanny Barnes of the Richies for Kyle Petty's operation. Just a second to go, Ricky Rudd came in. He got four tires in gasoline. Dale Earnhardt came in on lap 97. He got four tires in gasoline in 22.2 seconds. And now Kyle Petty is on pit road getting his service. Also, Alan Kowicki has just pulled onto the pit lane to get four tires and putting on scud tires on his. A little bit slow in the Kyle Petty stop, 25.7. But Kowicki's getting the right side service. Joe coming to the end. Leslie working. They take something, tape off the grill. Now they're working on the left side. Had a little bit of trouble getting around to that left side. So it's going to take a little bit longer on the Kowicki stop. But again, he's putting on the scuff tires instead of the new sticker tires. The jack is the... Holding it up just a second, shouting away, and Alan Kowicki is back on the speedway. I think the Kyle Petty team was in no real big hurry. They were very thorough in that pit stop to get four tires on there. The way that car has been working, they didn't want him to mess up on pit road, and he should be in good shape once he gets back out there and gets up to racing speed. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Strickland has just brought his car to pit road also. They'll change the two outside tires and apparently will be a four-tire change on his Ray Bestus machine as they'll send him back onto the speedway. Wally Dollenbach is also in and the Junie Donlevy team go to work on that car. Field getting a little bit strung out right now. 109 laps 
are on the scoreboard. Bill Elliott and Ken Schrader ride one and two. And moving up to third now is Sterling Marlin. Quickest lap in the first segment of the Motocraft 500 run on lap 11 yesterday, actually. Sterling Marlin ran a 171.011 mile an hour lap. So he will take the honors in the Tyson Lickety Split Award in the first segment of the Motocraft 500. The Tyson folks awarding $1,500 to the driver who leads the quickest lap in this event today. Right now, Bill Elliott is out at the head of the class. Pit stops jumbling up the running order somewhat. Ken Schrader running second. Third is Sterling Marlin. Those two cars having a good battle, heading back off into turn number one. Those two will go side by side. Schrader holding the spot for now. We're seeing a lot of tire smoke from Sterling Marlin's car. He's soon going to have to make his stop. For now, he'll follow Schrader back down the back straightaway. They'll stretch it out single file now. Closing in a little is Sterling Marlin. He's closed in to about a car length as they head for turn three. Some lap traffic, though, lies ahead. Bill Elliott had it pretty well hooked up here in November when we were here last year. Here he comes across the line. He is the leader as he takes the Coors light machine back down into turn number one, and he's about to catch a big pack of traffic over in turn two. Got Rick Mass directly ahead, taking the high lane while Elliott goes down low. Also there directly ahead, the Darrell Walter car, and Ted Musgrave has a hit the back straightaway. He'll try to work the traffic as he'll thread the needle with that Thunderbird right down the back straightaway, electing to fall in single file right now behind the Rick Mass car as they go high in turn three. Elliott working his way through traffic on the bottom of the racetrack off of turn number four. On pit road, Derek Cope makes a stop. Also, Jeff Purvis in for service and Dave Marcus making his fifth pit stop in the early stages of the race. And now dropping down off the banking of turn number four is Sterling Marlin, the third place runner. Moving down to the attention of Mike Beam and the crew. Let's cover that stop. Here he comes, back to allows Ford in. Marlin brings it in smoothly, comes to a stop and Mike Beam. And Charles Wright going to work on the right side with those uh, scuff tires. They also are putting on the scuff tires. These are tires that they run a couple of laps to see how they'll grow and make sure they'll grow uniformly. Down two tires of gasoline for Shirley Marlin, 14.1 seconds. Good stop. He goes back onto the speedway as Joe Rutman brings his car down off the, the banking of the track in turn number four and will bring that car to pit road. Here comes Mickey Gibbs to bring his car in for routine pit service. And Ernie Irvin is on pit road. There's been a report earlier that we talked about the hood pin. One of those apparently wrinkled up a little bit. Couldn't really tell if it was loose or if there is some sheet metal damage. Let's cover his stop. There's some damage to the right side of Ernie Irvin's grill that the hood is flopping. And now they go to the front of the car to put some tape on that grill and the hood to keep it from flopping but it's on the right side there could be a hood pin just a little bit loose but i don't think it's out i think it's holding they're only going to put two tires on Ernie Irvin and send him on his way he's going back onto the speedway now brett bodine on pit road getting service on the quaker state buick four tires there now rusty wallace peels the pontiac down off the banking he comes down the pit lane to the attention of jimmy maycar and the crew let's cover the wallace stop just now come in for a stop. They're going to change right sides on it. Uh, looks like they're probably going to do the left side also. They haven't uh, made a motion that yet, but they've about got the right side done. They've got one can of fuel in and they're getting ready to do the other one. And they're going to stop, I believe, with just the right side. Now they're going to change four tires on it. If you're I'm, I'm wrong about that. <laughs> They come around like they were going to do it, but they didn't. They dropped him down to let him go. I tell you, a lot of times the, the crew chiefs are really having trouble deciding whether to put on four tires or two tires. And you have to make that decision almost instantly. You take a quick look at the tires. You've talked to your driver on the radio about how the car is working. And you, it's just a big gamble anymore as to whether you put on two or four. And sometimes you hit it like you need to. Sometimes you don't. 
Across the line, Bill Elliott works his way back off into turn number one. Talk with Ricky Rudd on Friday about that very subject here. Since we're running the bias ply tires this weekend instead of the radial tires, what would be the trick here? Two tires or four? Do you want to stop and uh, and, and take the extra, uh, I guess, about nine seconds or uh, extra eight seconds or so, whatever it costs you to change four tires? Do you want to wait? And, and, and chance that, that when you go back out, certainly you're going to be quicker, but how many laps will you be quicker? Maybe one or two, where a lot of the racetracks we go to, we really haven't had to face this decision because at Rockingham, four tires is the only way to go. There's no question about it. Uh, cars just don't perform well with two tires. Atlanta, the cars run pretty good with a two-tire change, so that's going to be a, a little bit more to look at here than maybe in the, in the other racetracks we've run with the new rules. Be quite a bit of rolling the dice on the pit lane today, two tires or four as we roll on through the Motorcraft 500. And it puts an awful lot of pressure on everyone in the team to make that decision as to which way to go. 117 laps being posted on the board. Bill Elliott is leader. Kenny Schrader is second. Chad Little is third. We'll take a break and we'll be back. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, green flag pit stops continuing in the Motorcraft 500. Bill Elliott, the race leader, is on pit road. Let's cover that stop. They came in, they changed two tires, they put in gasoline, they took a little extra time on the gasoline. It took them 17.1 seconds. Also, Kenny Schrader was in for tires and gasoline, but also Alan Gawicki was in. Certainly an unscheduled stop, Paul Andrews. What happened? Well, we thought we had a right front flat. We're still looking for an equalized tire or something right now. That's Paul Andrews, the crew chief. They had a tire problem. He came in, unscheduled stop for him. They put on two right-side tires on the Kawicki machine. Well, I stand corrected on uh, Kawicki making a scheduled pit stop. So they're coming in and pitting so quickly it was hard to keep up with it, but I made a mistake there, but uh, it was not a routine stop for Alan Kowicki. Seems like he's having such bad luck this season. He runs extremely well. He qualifies extremely good. Started on the pole here, but they just have some things happen to them. Now here comes the leader out of turn number four, and we'll bring the car on the pit road. Jeff Bodine in the Budweiser Ford will come into the attention of Tim Brewer and the crew. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're going to do four tires with it. They've got the right sides off already. they got uh, one can of uni- Unical gasoline just about in, and taking the other one now. The right side's on, and the car's down. They get ready to jack up the left side, uh, having back on the track in a minute. So as the green flag pit stops continue to shuffle the standings, Bill Elliott will move back to the head of the class on the rotation of stops. We'll put Elliott back to the lead. Sterling Marlin will move back into the second spot. Kyle Petty will be third. And uh, Dale Earnhardt will move into the fourth position. Fifth will be Morgan Shepard. Ricky Rudd now moves back to sixth. Seventh is Jimmy Spencer. Ernie Irvin is eighth. Rusty Wallace is ninth. Tenth will be Ken Schrader. Eleventh to Derek Cope. Twelfth to Rick Wilson. Thirteenth to Terry Labonte. Fourteenth to Dale Jarrett. And fifteenth will be Chad Little as we've completed a cycle of green flag pit stops. The attrition rate been very low in this race here, both yesterday and today. At this juncture, with 123 of the 328 laps complete, only two cars are behind the wall. Bobby Hamilton's car being attended to right now, and Davey Allison, who hit the wall a little bit earlier here this morning, up in turn number four, his car still in the garage area and apparently will be out for the day. Let's see if we can get a report. Bobby Hamilton is sitting behind the wall. Bobby, what's the problem on the car? Well, we was out there early, you know, we was running in pretty good place, and the, the tie rod end pulled out of it, and it left front, you know, come loose on the car, and I brushed the wall coming down the front straight away, and now we're just fixing body damage, trying to get back out there. 
one of this year's Rookie of the Year contenders, driver of the Country Time Oldsmobile, trying to get back in the Motorcraft 500. 124 laps are on the board. The leader is Bill Elliott. After all those pit stops now, the field beginning to sort itself out a little bit. Sterling Marlin back up there in the number two spot. Yesterday, for a pretty good segment of this race, it looked like he was going to lap the field the way he was getting away there in the early going. That has changed a little bit right now, but still very solid run for Sterling Marlin. Kyle Petty having a good day here. He currently is third, and Dale Earnhardt just keeps getting closer and closer to the front. He presently is fourth. And fifth is Morgan Shepard, who also runs this track extremely well. The most recent winner here, having won in November. While the field is kind of sorting itself out a little bit, why don't we take a moment to talk with the vice president and general manager of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bob Markham. Bob, I know a lot of folks yesterday uh, really wanted to see us get in the Motorcraft 500, but on Monday as we look down through the grandstand of the infield, still a pretty good turnout. Well, I think it's a great crowd. It's a real credit to the uh, uh, racing fans in uh, the state of Georgia and and uh, really, we were surprised. We were trying to estimate the crowd uh, late last night, anywhere from uh, 7,500 to 12,000. And, uh, and uh, today, we think we have close to 30,000 in the infield as well as the grandstands. I know you guys continue to make improvements here. And one of the big improvements, one of the negative things, if there is such a thing about a racetrack to race fans, had been the flow of traffic around here. And you guys really took some steps in the right direction to get that cured, I understand. Well, a great deal of credit goes to the Department of Transportation, especially the Highway Patrol and the Sheriff's Departments in uh, Clayton County and Henry and Spalding and so forth. They're doing a great job for us and cooperating a great deal. Bob, you have a great contingent of motorcraft people in this weekend. And, of course, a new sponsor for the Winston Cup Championship deciding race here in November. It's the Hardys people. I, I think it's it's a great opportunity for us here in Atlanta to have Hardys as a major sponsor. And I think the uh, people in the Atlanta area will be pleased with this relationship. Uh, they're a national uh, uh, concern, and, and they've uh, done a great deal with uh, athletic contests uh, throughout the country. We set the field just a quick minute here. Still 128 laps on the board. Bill Elliott still the leader. Sterling Marlin is second, and Dale Earnhardt is third. Kyle Petty is fourth, and Morgan Shepard round out the top five. And the interval between those cars pretty much the same as it has been. Let me put you on the spot for a minute, Bob Markham. We're hearing all kinds of things, and Dale Earnhardt asked me this in the garage the other day. He said, "Are they going to tamper with this racetrack to change the configuration of it and put a trioval in it, or are they going to move the pits to the back stretch? Is that a possibility?" Well, we're developing a master plan, and uh, we do think that's a great side for future development, close to Highway 19 and 41, to give us major access to the property. Uh, development of uh, additional stands in turns three and four, we're looking at adding at least 20,000 seats for the November race and new suites and boxes on top of those. Uh, the future plans for condos, and, and also uh, we'd like to put in a road course uh, and a skid pad and uh, if that uh, means uh, uh, going to the other side with the start-finish line in order to make those improvements, uh, then we'll do that. Well, Bob, this is one of my favorite racetracks in terms of viewing. There, I've watched this race from in turn three, and I've watched it from pit road, and I've watched it from the top of a trailer in the infield, and it's just a great place to see a race, and we look forward to coming here. I know the fans do, too, judged by the turnout today. Thanks for coming up to talk with us. Well, thank you so much, and uh, don't worry. We're going to keep it as the uh, best viewing track on the circuit. And I'd just like to compliment uh, MRN for their coverage of racing. It's tremendous, and uh, I know the fans are most appreciative of it also. Bob, we appreciate that very much. Bob Markham, Vice President and General Manager of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Got a couple of more cars on pit road. Mark Martin in just a moment ago. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Again, right side tires for Mark Martin at 13.5 seconds. Bobby Hillen was also in, so evidently another problem for the Mark Martin team. 
And also Rick Masters machine was in just a moment ago. They attend to him and send him back onto the racetrack. 131 laps are on the scoreboard here at Atlanta in the Motorcraft 500. And the sun has popped out. There's still quite a few clouds drifting by, but there's an awful lot of holes in those clouds. And the temperature was forecast to go up into the mid-60s by early afternoon. So it totally turn around from the track conditions we had here yesterday. In addition, uh, but not being wet, the temperature is up some 25 degrees from what it was yesterday. Just a beautiful day to be here at a racetrack. If there's any way that you can be someplace on a Monday, I think a racetrack's a good place to be. And we're seeing a pretty good show here this afternoon. Right now, Bill Elliott is leading. Sterling Marlin is making up some good ground, though, trying to close the gap on Elliott. Right now, Elliott is coming off of turn number four. Crossing the start-finish line will get an interval now between the leader and the second-place car. Here comes Marlin down across the start-finish line. And it's about a four-second lead. That's actually shrunk a little bit over the last couple of laps. Dale Earnhardt has moved into the third spot, and he's trailing Marlin by about another three seconds. Kyle Petty has cycled back around to fourth. And Morgan Shepard right now has moved all the way up into the fifth starting spot. 133 of 328 laps are in the books. A beautiful, bright, sunny day in Hampton, Georgia. The NASCAR Winston Cup Series running the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 138 of 328 laps are complete. And right now, Bill Elliott holds about a four-second lead over Sterling Marlin. Third is Dale Earnhardt. Fourth is Morgan Shepard. And fifth is Kyle Petty. Running sixth is Jimmy Spencer. Ernie Irvin is seventh. Ricky Rudd is eighth. Rusty Wallace is ninth. And Ken Schrader is running tenth. Dale Earnhardt is definitely closing in on Bill Elliott. A moment ago, he was about 12 seconds behind, just put the clock on him last time by the line. He has now chopped it down to 8 and 6 tenths seconds, so indeed he is chasing down the leader. Earnhardt's having to work through a lot of the traffic around here. He can't put the car at the bottom of the racetrack, where we've seen him do that so many times over the years. Today he's having to run a middle groove or even taking a high line through the corners to pass cars, and that's slowing him down a bit as he works back into turns 1 and 2. The things about Dale Earnhardt is that even if the car gets crossed up down on the inside of the racetrack, which is what happens when he tries to go low, He'll still make the move if he has to do it to get around traffic, and he'll make that car work somehow, even if it goes sideways. Dirt tracking several times here coming off turn two, but it does handle well when he lets it go up the banking a little bit. This last time off turn two, he passed a pack of cars here in turn number two, taking that wide lane, as smooth as could be, made his way on down the back straightaway, getting by those cars. Change of position for the fourth spot as Jimmy Spencer slips underneath of Kyle Petty coming off of turn number four. We'll make that in the fifth spot, so Jimmy Spencer will move up into the top five, and Kyle Petty will slide back to sixth. One driver who's looking to have himself a better run today than his luck has been at the start of the season is Derek Culp. Things have just not gone that well for the Pure Later Chevrolet team, and Culp says, you know, my luck has been so bad that it even affects my off-the-track life. My luck's so bad, Alan, that uh, you can't even believe it. Uh, I walked out of the Ramada Renaissance this morning, and uh, lo and behold, my Chevy Blazer was missing and had been stolen, and you know, my and my team entered with golf clubs, and computer was in there, and it's just, like I say, when your monkey's on your back, I guess he's on your back. Now, Derek, uh, later on, that was, that was recorded with Derek on Friday morning. Later on that day, somebody crashed his Chevy Blazer into a police car, so they found it again. But Derek says the light schedule this month for the Winston Cup cars will help his team catch up. The Winston Cup Series has the 
next two weekends off. I particularly don't because I want to drive race cars, but uh, it's really been good for the team because Lloyd uh, and John Callis and all the guys at the shop in the motor department needed this time because we put so much emphasis on Daytona, we weren't prepared for the first part of the season. So that this week has helped us, and the two weeks after Atlanta are going to be just tremendous for us. So I think when we come back out of Bristol and Darlington, we'll be uh, up to par. Derek was answering the question at the top of that. I said, do you like having a couple of weeks off? He said, no, I want to drive a race car, but the crew sure can use the time to catch up. That's a funny thing. You can talk to any driver anytime when the season's ending, even in November here in Atlanta, and say, are you kind of glad we're going to get a break for a while? And they say, no, I wish we could race 12 months a year, and I think they really mean it. Now, the crews, that's a little different story. They do need some time off because I don't see how they keep the pace they do, traveling every week, then going back to the shop on Monday, putting in 10- and 12-hour days to get the cars ready for the next weekend. 143 laps on the board, 328. We'll make up the Motorcraft 500 here in Atlanta this afternoon. Bill Elliott continues to lead Sterling Marlin. The interval there not getting a lot shorter. In fact, it's getting a little bit longer. Sterling is losing some ground to the leader, Bill Elliott. And Dale Earnhardt, who was making up some time a moment ago, now also has dropped back maybe a second or two from what he was just a minute ago. Let's go to pit road. I just talked to Richard Childress, Barney, about Dale Earnhardt's machine. He said, we're still a little bit loose. He said, we're pretty good right now. But said, when we pit the next time, we're going to make some adjustments. Now, he took on four tires when he pitted. Sterling Marlin and Bill Elliott only took on two tires. The guy that's making up some ground, too, is Morgan Shepard. He's closed right in on the back bumper of Dale Earnhardt, trying to chase Earnhardt down, see if he can't grab the third spot away from Earnhardt. It's been a good racetrack for Morgan Shepard, even since day one when he first started running some Winston Cup shows. He's had great success here in Atlanta. Just seems to have a feel for this particular track, and Bud Moore's track record here is not all that shabby either. Whoever's been in his car over the years has had some pretty good runs. We're talking about Earnhardt and the car not really being hooked up like we're normal, normally used to seeing it here in Atlanta. I talked with him a little bit in the back of the truck down there the other day. He's never really run that well at Rockingham, North Carolina, and yet here at Atlanta for the last four or five races, he has been the dominant car every time we came here. And I asked him, I said, is there any explanation for something like that? Really here at Atlanta, it's a comfortable track to me. Uh, it runs on the loose side, and I think that, you know, is up my alley, so to speak. If I get the car too tight here, that's when I run bad, so... You know, the track favors my style of driving, I think, and it sort of favors me. Rockingham uh, last uh, race was uh, doing fairly well there at starting. I hit the wall off of Hard Barney coming off the two over there, and it, uh, you know, it didn't knock any wheels off of it or anything. And it, you know, knocked up on two wheels, and uh, I went went on running, and uh, we adjusted the car some. I didn't think it hurt the car that bad, and we got into the to the shop, and he had been to rear left left rear trailing arm and the uh, track bar brackets, and uh, the front snout was moved in a little bit on the right front, so it was really bent bent up pretty bad, and we just didn't realize it. And, uh, so I, I could use that as excuse how why we run bad the rest of the day, but uh, you know that was 11 laps into the race, but we're not. It, it's just one of them deals that you know we we missed the the, day, the setup down there, and you know we haven't got. Uh, you know all the conditions right, and uh, you know we'll we'll get it right down there. We we we're not giving up. We got another test scheduled for late in the year down there, and we we'll try to get back down there in this October race and uh, look better. That's the one thing that makes the Earnhardt team so good, Alan, is they never give up. If they have a problem, they'll go back and work on it, and they probably test 
probably more than anybody, I would say. At least uh, Mark Martin's team goes every chance they get. Rusty Wallace's team does. And probably Junior Johnson. But aside from that, those few four or five teams, everybody else will go if they feel like they need to go. But these guys, no matter how good they're running, they want to run better. Something that was surprising to a lot of folks is that the Earnhardt team did not come and test here in Atlanta before this race when just about everybody else of the front-running teams did. Earnhardt uh, took a trip to Hawaii, which he won as uh, part of an ongoing contest last year for race drivers for races within the state of North Carolina that the Charlotte Observer was uh, a part of. And so they, Earnhardt and his wife, Teresa, were off in Hawaii. The team didn't come down here to test in Atlanta. They said, why? We've got about as good a setup in Atlanta as we possibly can have. And that kind of surprised a lot of people. Another thing to remember where testing is concerned is that now that we're at the March race in Atlanta, from this point on, the NASCAR testing limit rules go into effect. So from now until the end of the season, the teams are only going to be allowed seven test sessions. That's part of the reason we've seen as many tests as we have going on as early in the season. Teams trying to get them in before we got to this weekend. That will change here very shortly. Speaking of changes, Dale Earnhardt has just changed his position on the racetrack. He was chasing Sterling Marlin for the last ten laps or so, Barney. Just made his move as he went into turn number one, working some of the lap traffic, and Earnhardt has moved into second. And a lot of traffic lies ahead of Earnhardt right in front of him is Bobby Hamilton and then Dick Trickle and Mark Martin lie right there ahead of another pack of traffic. And meanwhile, Bill Elliott has pulled a full straightaway ahead of everyone else now. Dale Earnhardt has moved up into the number two position, dropping Sterling Marlin back to third. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Closing in on the halfway point in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, MRN Radio bringing you live coverage. Bill Elliott is the leader. Morgan Shepard is second. And the third place car, Dale Earnhardt, is on pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. They go to the right side. The flying gazes of Will Lynn and Kurt Schilberdine changing the right side tires. Kyle Petty was just in for four tires. 23.6 of the Kyle Petty stop. The pit board is out for Harry Gant. Here he comes with a skull bandit. Comes in a little bit too hot. He gets the car straight before he gets to pit lane. Earnhardt is down and away. They're changing all four tires in the Harry Gant car. The left sides are being loosened as they finish the right side tires. Andy teaches Billy Abernathy doing the work there. But Harry Gant, a routine stop of four tires and gasoline. We are talking a little bit earlier on the broadcast about a decision on a crew chief and a driver as to whether to change two tires or four tires in that situation. And Dick Brooks has been making some observations on that. Well, I think uh, Atlanta's always been a uh, racetrack that you need four tires on most of the time. It's considerably faster than just two tires. Jimmy Spencer car, they changed four on his car. The car's been running pretty good all day anyway, but as the time went on and on, the cars that had changed four tires seemed to be holding their speed a little bit better than the guys with two tires. Kyle Petty was a good example of that. They changed two on the first time, and, uh, and the car was really slipping back on him. So I think... Uh, it's going to be from now on. I believe everybody's just about going to go to four tires. Most of them have anyway. Continuing under green. This has been a pretty long green flag stretch. We've been under green from lap number 58 on, and we're now on lap 158. So 100 laps now of green flag racing, and we've jumbled up the field pretty good. Now we're going to see Jimmy Spencer drop his car down off the banking and onto pit road. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to change four tires on it again. That car could be in the position to be in uh, pretty close up front by the time the uh, race is over. He stalled it out. They've uh, let the car run out of fuel, I guess. He's trying to get it started. They're going to have to spray a little ether in it to do it, I expect, because it's not running at this point. They've got the right side tires changed, and uh, they've got fuel in the car. They've got the left side tires on. Now it fires off, and he'll be ready to go when they get the jack down. As we said, that is a team that really needs to get things turned around. Travis Carter 
And the banquet team really having a slow start in the year 1991 through no fault of their own. They've had some bad luck and things just have not gone their way. And they have really been working their tails off in recent weeks. He is down and back on the racetrack. 160 laps come up on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt is getting around here after the stop a moment ago in about 33.12 seconds. And that's about a second and a half off what they qualified here. So Earnhardt with that change of tires has really picked up some speed. Here comes Morgan Shepard into the pits for service from the Bud Moore team. Let's cover that stop. Well, it looks like routine from here. Morgan Shepard comes to a stop. Uh, Bud Moore and crew jumps to, to the car itself. They put a little uh, wedge in the left rear. Means that they put the uh, spring a little bit stiffer. They've got the right side changed. Uh-oh, they got a problem. They're bumping up the spoiler. Now they've got the fuel in it. They only changed two tires and let them go. Shepard had been running in second place before dropping down off and heading towards pit road. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, green flag pit stops continuing as we approach the halfway point. Lap 164 will be halfway. We're now on lap 161. And on the pit lane, Michael and Darrell Waltrip. Back to Dick Brooks. Well, Michael's been in. He's got the uh, right side tires off. They're uh, getting the right side back on. A jack just fell. And uh, they've run around to the left side to change it. Darrell Wallop's car just came in uh, just prior to that. And uh, they're still jack and wedge in the car. They're changing the chassis on it considerably. They keep uh, changing the spring weights on the car uh, by jack and wedge in and out of it. They have uh, dropped it down now and away it goes. He was about three seconds behind his brother Michael when they came in. They're going out together. It's really hard to get a handle on the race car here in Atlanta. This is one of the most difficult racetracks to get the car really dialed in and find a groove you can live with. Now, you can do it for one segment of pit stops, but to do it and make the car stick all day long like you need to, it is one of the most difficult racetracks on the circuit to do that. More pit stops are occurring. Here comes Dick Trickle in the Trop Arctic machine. The Tide machine also is coming out of pit road with Ricky Rudd. We'll follow some of those stops. Let's go up to Winston Kelly. Dick Trickle's going to get two tires now on the Tropartic Phillips 66 Pontiac. They've got the right side tires on. In for service also is Andy Hillenberg. Further down pit road, Rich Bickle is getting four tires. All these stops are four tires and gasoline. Rick Wilson was in for service a few laps ago. He got four tires on that Buick as well. As the field continues to circulate around the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bill Elliott has just crossed the start-finish line, and he has taken the halfway signal. So we are halfway through the Motorcraft 500. Elliott now working off of turn number four, running right behind the Kyle Petty car. Still under green flag pit stops. The standing somewhat jumbled. Sterling Marlin is running in second. Ernie Irvin is third. Ken Schrader is fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. All of those cars yet to make a stop in this cycle of pit stops. Derek Cope is on pit road. Let's go to cover that stop. Well, they got the right side tires on his car, also on a pure laner car. And uh, they're going to do a far tire stop. They're going to the left side now. They bumped the spoiler up a little bit on it, putting in a second can of uh, Unical gas. And he's uh, about ready to drop him down. Sterling Marlin will bring his machine onto pit road. Mike Beam and the crew swarm over the wall and go to work on it. Let's cover that stop. Right side, Barney. They're going to change all four tires on this machine. Charles Wright, Mike Bean changes the right side as Doug Randolph loses the left side lugs. They're getting in the gasoline. Ricky Rudd did something completely different on most of the guys. He changed only left side tires this time in 14.5 seconds. They put in gasoline. 
Jack drops curling right of the way, 24.2 seconds. So we continue under a lengthy stretch of green flag racing in the Motorcraft 500, and green flag pit stops continue to be the name of the game. Two tires are four, and how does that play out on the racetrack? That's developing as the major story of this race so far. And it's a lot of gambling going on down in the pits right now, strictly with how many tires you put on every time that car hits pit road. 167 laps complete. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. You're listening to live coverage of the Motorcraft 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Series race on MRN Radio. No, this is not a tape delay. We are racing on a Monday, a rain out here yesterday, forcing postponement of this race. And right now we're just past the halfway point and in the middle of a series of green flag pit stops. As the field stands right now, Bill Elliott is the leader by almost three-quarters of a lap over Ernie Irvin, who is second. Third is Ken Schrader. Rusty Wallace is fourth. Those cars have not yet made a pit stop. Fifth place belongs to Morgan Shepard. 172 of the race's 328 laps are complete. We've gone an incredible stretch. Over 100 laps now of green flag racing. And that's boosted the average speed of this race up to almost 126 miles an hour. And the car that went in the garage area early here this afternoon, Davey Allison, if you're wondering why we're not talking about Davey being up in the top ten positions, Allison wrecked coming off turn number four, got caught up in a battle up there, three wide going into the corner, and told our pit reporters a little bit earlier that the air just came off his spoiler, turned the car around, and it slammed into the outside wall and really severely damaged the back of the car that has put him out for the day. Bobby Hamilton also spent a great deal of time behind the pit wall in his machine, having damaged it, hitting the wall also. Those are the only two cars that we have that have really had any serious problems here in Atlanta. Bill Elliott has led the fastest lead lap in the second segment of today's race in the Tyson Lickety Split Award standings. Elliott ran 166.743 miles an hour on lap 127. $1,500 to the driver who leads the fastest lead lap during today's race from the folks at Tyson. The second place car is on pit road. Ernie Irvin comes down the lane. Let's go to Jim Phillips. He brings his Chevrolet in, slides to a stop. He's got a lot of damage to that grill section, which normally, when you're running these high speeds, would cause the car to push. Trouble in turn two. One car slams into the wall. It's Kyle Petty coming into the corner. The car switched ends, went up the banking, slammed into the outside wall, back in first. He's now rolled back across the racetrack and is sitting on the grassy apron on the inside of turn two. A one-car incident looks like it's put Kyle Petty out. Kyle Petty has slammed into the wall, come down on the apron of the speedway. Caution is on the racetrack. It'll come out at lap 175, and this will be a welcome caution for a lot of the teams, if for nothing else, just to get on pit road, dump in some fuel, and be able to move back to the front of the pack and catch up to the leader, Bill Elliott. Kyle Petty with a hard crash in turn number two, bringing out the fourth caution of the race, the second of today. Two cautions yesterday because of rain. Davey Allison's accident early in the resumption of the race today being the other caution. And now Kyle Petty with a hard crash in turn number two. Let's get an update from Joe Moore. Safety personnel already around Kyle's car as he sits on the grassy apron down on the inside of turn number two. He was riding all alone, possibly a cut tire because the car just suddenly swapped ends, went up the banking and slammed into the outside wall hard. Rear end first, then it just came right down the banking and came to a halt here on the grassy area off turn two. Kyle is moving around in the car now, trying to unstrap himself. Again, all the safety personnel here to service him. Kyle Petty talked about why you really do so much damage to a car and why you hit the wall so hard here in the corners at Atlanta. Yeah, it really, it's, it's too fast going in the corners almost is, is where you really get in trouble. There's so much corner here and so short of straightaway that, you know, it's one of those deals where when you barrel off in the corner here, you're running as fast here as you are 
when you go around Daytona and stuff. You know, you're running 192, 93 when you barrel off in the corner. And if anything happens right in the entrance of the corner, then you're going to hit real hard. I still got, I wrecked there about three years ago and uh, broke four teeth in the right side of my mouth there and got crowns on four teeth because my jaws just slammed shut so tight. So, you know, it's just one of those deals where if you do hit, you're going to take a good lick. And Kyle Petty just took a good lick down in turns one and two, but apparently is moving around in the car. Here come some cars on the pit road right now. We're under caution. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Ernie Irvin came back in, Barney. They're working on that front grill section to get on his machine. I just talked to Donnie Richardson of Kyle Petty's team. He said the engine let go in that car and got oil on the tires, and he just didn't have any, couldn't do anything about it. And he was, they were going to bring him in the next lap because he said the car had dropped down to 7,400 RPMs, but it didn't make it around. Mark Martin is in on the pit lane. They're raising the hood on his machine. Also jacking up the right side, putting in gasoline. They're working on the right side of the engine compartment, and we'll get an update for you on Mark Martin's troubles with the engine. Dave Marcus also makes a routine stop along with Jimmy Means. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Atlanta in a minute. Fourth caution of the Motorcraft 500 is on the speedway right now after Kyle Petty crashed over in turns number one and two. Kyle got out of the mellow yellow Pontiac and has made the mandatory trip to the infield care center. We will try and get a word from him in just a moment. Alan, Alan, we're walking along along beside Kyle. Kyle, what happened out there? Oh, we just broke a motor. You know, about three laps before that, it slowed down a little bit. But the gauges still look good, so I didn't think it was anything internal that it broke going in one down there. How about the track conditions after the rain yesterday? Well, they were pretty good. You know, we started the race pretty much where we were yesterday, and the track was really good. I don't know if it come to us or if we got a little bit better, but the car run real good, and then we got a set of tires that the stagger grew on, and, uh, you know, had to come in a pit and got another set of tires, but we were running good. And what about tire wear? I believe you got two tires the first time and seemed to be backing up a bit. No, we got four. Every time we pitted, we've got four. Like I said, we got four tires the first go-round to try to keep our stagger the same. But I guess the uh, left rear didn't grow or the right rear grew or something. But, you know, it, it, our stagger got messed up a little bit, and we had to work with it. And they got it back, and the last set of tires were pretty good. Better luck in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll be there. That's Kyle Petty. He's okay, though, but the Meliella Pontiac is out for the afternoon. And only the second car to retire from the Motorcraft 500. We're well after the halfway point of the race. I'd like to welcome you to enter the Goodies Race for the Money contest. The Daytona 500 Dream Vacation could be your prize. Win yourself two tickets to the 1992 Daytona 500 by STP, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area. Two tickets to the 1992 Goodies 300 at Daytona, plus accommodations for two for four Four nights at the Treasure Island Inn, Daytona Beach and Ocean's Eleven Resort, and $1,500 in cash to top it off. Or you could be the winner of one of eight racing holiday of the month prizes, including two tickets to a selected NASCAR Winston Cup race and $500 in cash. If you would like to enter, just send the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or tablets, or write the words goodies in plain block letters on a 3x5 card. Include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN affiliate. Mail that at all the goodies race for the money p.o box 2888 daytona beach florida 32115 no purchase required void where prohibited all federal and local regulations apply you can get complete rules where you buy goodies we'd like to congratulate mr mark minto of allison park pennsylvania a listener to mrn radio of wixz am out of the pittsburgh area our goodies race for the money winner in the month of march we're getting ready to go back to green. Dole Ford, the official flagman of NASCAR, has just given the field the indication. More and more circuit around here, and this race will be back under green. Let's go to pit road. Dale Jarrett came in, and they changed. They had a flat right rear, and they changed the tire on the car. Now, that's a, that's a part of the new rules where you can come in and change them if the thing's flat. 
Now, he'll have to, when his order comes up uh, after the green flag falls, he'll have to come back and change his tire again uh, under the green flag. What they've done is they've allowed these guys to, uh, if they've got a flat, like under the cautions and stuff, instead of starting a race on a flat tire, you can come in and change it, but then you have to come back after the green flag starts and uh, and change it again. So in Dale Jarrett's case, he's going to have to do that. Rick Mass's car, the number one skull car, is uh, uh, got some chassis adjustments on his car. They jacked a little wedge in the right front. They lifted a hood to do it and uh, just trying to get the car tightened up a little bit. He has gone back onto the racetrack, forming up for a double-file restart. A lot of cars not really sure what position they need to be in. As the pace car hits pit road, they come out of turn number four. Bill Elliott is the leader. Right behind him is Kenny Schrader. Then Rusty Wallace is back there in traffic, trying to work his way back to the front as they drop the green and take it back to turn number one. Elliott's racing alongside the lap car of Wally Dallenbach going into turn number one. Dallenbach ducks down to the inside. Elliott's able to clear that machine. Also, Kenny Schrader gets by. Following in the outside lane, the Morgan Shepard cars they hit the back straight away Earnhardt trapped behind some slower traffic Elliott breaks away just by about two or three car lengths then it's Ken Schrader another two car lengths back to Morgan Shepard and then Derek Cope will be up there in the front four off of turn number four a big shuffle of traffic back onto the pack but Bill Elliott has moved off already to five car lengths over Ken Schrader Morgan Shepard is running in third Dale Earnhardt will be running in fourth now as they hit one. Earnhardt's going to have to deal with a Derek Cope car here coming into turn number one. Cope goes up the banking. Here's Earnhardt taking it down low. Gets a good bite off the corner. He clears that machine. Now joins the front threesome on the back stretch. Cope will take a quick look back to the inside, not giving up so quickly, but he does fall back in single file as Bill Elliott will continue to pull away. Off of turn number four now, as we're showing it unofficially, we'll recheck this from NASCAR timing and scoring, but we're showing only three cars on the lead lap. Bill Elliott, Ken Schrader, and Rusty Wallace will be the only three cars on the lead lap, and Wallace is going to head down pit road for a green flag pit stop. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, they're coming in to uh, look at the left side tires. They're going to change the left side. They'll go ahead and fill him up with fuel while it's there and uh, do just a little bit more chassis adjustment on the car again. So he's just not comfortable with the way the thing feels. They've got the left side done, drop him down, and he's back back to the racetrack. Wallace heading back to the speedway as the leader, Bill Elliott, comes off turn number four and races back into the corner, and he's going to go right on around Rusty Wallace, who will not be able to get it up to speed before they get back to the turn. Wallace tries to come up to speed, but again, will not be able to do that as he makes his move up onto the banking. Here's Earnhardt diving down underneath Kenny Schrader. He'll pass Schrader, and Morgan Shepard goes to work on Schrader and Chevrolet. As those three, those three cars stay nose to tail down the back straightaway, Earnhardt will try to close some ground to get his lap back from Bill Elliott through turn three. Now let's reset a couple of things here as we continue to run under green on lap 185. When that caution flag came out for Kyle Petty's accident, they were in the middle of a cycle of green flag pit stops. The three cars that were on the lead lap, Rusty Wallace, Ken Schrader, and Bill Elliott have not made those green flag pit stops yet. Those cars running one lap down, which is from third place now on back, basically, have all made a green flag pit stop. So this is all going to cycle itself back around when Elliott and Schrader move themselves to pit road. Ernie Irvin is back in the pits. Let's cover that stop. Jim Phillips. The pretty good left side tires. Barney and putting in a little splash of gasoline. He had just come in earlier. He's back on the racetrack with two left side tires. Ernie Irvin down on the way. Richard Petty brought the STP Pontiac on the pit road. They attended his machine, changed a couple of tires, and will send him back out of the racetrack as the leader is back in turn two. All alone, Bill Elliott makes his way off turn two and hits the back straight away. Further back, quite a jumble of cars coming off turn two. Close call for Michael Walter. He's trying to get around the Mickey Gibbs. The leader Bobby is Hill off the 
pace in the back straightaway. The leader has dropped off the pace. Earnhardt has gone by, as has all of the other traffic. Elliott is down at the apron of the racetrack, making his way to pit road. Bill Elliott could possibly have run out of fuel. They Caution came out in the middle of those green flag pit stops. Had to go back under green now and stay on the racetrack, although he could have pitted under caution for fuel. But there's a possibility Elliott's car may be out of fuel. Let's follow his stop. Well, he comes in and he's pit stall. And the last time, you know, Elliott's car was not running when he came in the pit lane the last time. So they stretched it a little bit that time. They've stretched it a little bit this time as Dan Elliott and his teammates go to work on the right side of the Coors Light Ford. They've got the right sides done. They're going to change only right sides. No, they break down. They're going to change left sides now. We thought for just a moment, we're going to change uh, left sides. We're not going to change the left side. Let's bring some ether in the machine so it means he was out of gas. 23.7 on Bill Elliott's stop. So Bill Elliott took a gamble out there, stayed out there just a little bit too long, and it's going to allow the entire field to sweep on by him as he goes back out of the pit road, down on the apron of the racetrack. But now remember, that may not be such a bad break because he's only cycling back onto what will become the lead lap. When Ken Schrader makes his pit stop, that's going to cycle Dale Earnhardt back out to the front because all those other cars now are running one lap down to Schrader. Earnhardt has just passed Schrader, so he's technically on the tail end of the lead lap. It might not be that bad a break for Elliott to have run out of fuel, just made the pit stop longer than he needed it to be. But it's going to put him way back toward the tail end of the field on an awful lot of traffic, and he's going to have to work his way back up with the front runners. 190 laps go up on the scoreboard here at Atlanta. Kenny Schrader sets the pace for right now. Schrader in a lot of traffic over in turns three and four as they work through there. Ernie Irvin, who made that stop a moment ago with new rubber on the car, really waltzing to the bottom of the racetrack, and he's got her dialed in. There's a big pack of traffic with Ernie Irvin there, including Sterling Marlin and Morgan Shepard. Good racing going on door-to-door in turn two. Last time through turn one, Morgan Shepard was down underneath Kenny Schrader trying to get back on the lead lap. He falls back now as Ernie Irvin turns up the steam. Now Irvin separates Schrader from the Morgan Shepard car. He'll stretch it out single file as Irvin will look to the outside of Ken Schrader. Looks like now's the time that Ken Schrader will make his pit stop as he drops down to the track apron and everybody surpasses him. So Schrader will drop down onto the safety apron in turn number four. The pit board is out in the Kodiak Chevrolet pit all the way down to the turn one end of the front straightaway as Schrader now comes down the pit stop. Dale Earnhardt will go by him and will unlap himself as Richard Petty begins to blow up in turn number four. Smoke from the back end of the STP Pontiac. Petty shuts it down and coasts down the front straightaway as Schrader rolls to a stop in his pit. Billy Wilburn and Steve Crow going to work on the right side of the Kodiak Chevrolet. His car was running when he came to his pit lane. They work on the right side. They're going to change all four tires. Elliott's crew confirmed that they, he did indeed run out of gasoline. They had to spray some ether in it to get it started, but they still completed their work in 23.8. Schrader's crew working here on the left side. Jack is still up, had a little cup in the front, 24.2 seconds for Kenny Schrader and his crew. Not really all that bad a stop for Kenny Schrader in a four-tire change. He is down and away. Meanwhile, the day may be over for Richard Petty. All that smoke coming out of the car, coming off turn number four and all the way down into turn number one. Richard is down on the apron of the racetrack over in turn number three and four and will be bringing the car to the pit road and likely will take it to the garage. 192 laps complete. We'll be back in a minute. Approaching the two-thirds mark in the Motorcraft 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Series race at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. MRN Radio delighted that you've joined us for our live coverage here this afternoon as Dale Earnhardt has cycled around to the lead of this race as we approach the two-thirds mark. Now let's take you back a little bit and explain how this chain of events has come to be. They were in the middle of a sequence of green flag pit stops when a caution came out for Kyle Petty's accident. 
Several cars, three to be specific, had not made their pit stop yet. Everyone else had. Everyone else had gone a lap down making those green flag pit stops, except the three cars that hadn't stopped. When we went back to green and those three cars made their pit stops, that's kind of cycled everyone back around to the lead lap. And so we have 11 cars on the lead lap at this point. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. He's got a 3.27 second lead over Morgan Shepard, who's running second. Third is Sterling Marlin. Jimmy Spencer is fourth. And fifth is Michael Waltrip. Then it's Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, Darrell Waltrip, Alan Kowicki, Bill Elliott, and Ken Schrader, the 11 cars who are running on the lead lap. Just a couple of moments ago, we told you Richard Petty had a big puff of smoke out from behind his car in turn number four. He's taken that to the garage, and Winston Kelly is there. Richard is still sitting in the SDP Pontiac. Richard, what's the problem on the car? I don't know. Dropped the cylinder somewhere. I don't know. It's been uh, not running that good later on. It's been skipping a little bit. and Finally dropped the cylinder, and uh, I run around there on seven for a while, and then it finally quit altogether. So not a good day for the Petty family. Kyle went out a moment ago. Richard just going out. They had continued work on Davey Allison's Ford for quite some time and finally gave up the ghost on the Haviland Ford Thunderbirds. The three cars out, Davey Allison, Kyle, and Richard Petty. The attrition rate not bad at all here at Atlanta for the Motorcraft 500. 200 laps are complete. 328 will make up the distance in the Motorcraft 500. Dale Earnhardt, pretty much where he normally is when we come to the Atlanta Raceway, at least for the last couple of years, at the head of the field. Closest thing to a good battle on the racetrack will be back there for second place between Morgan Shepard and Sterling Marlin. I'll tell you who's had a good run all day long, really good, solid run, is the banquet machine, the Planters Nuts car. Uh, Jimmy Spencer in that machine. Travis Carter is the crew chief, and Dick, Pitt, Dick Brooks has been in that pit area. Dick? Well, we're standing here uh, watching these guys a little bit. They have been running good. Travis is checking with the score right now to see uh, how they're doing. Travis, you mentioned something about uh, maybe you're not getting as good a fuel mileage as you'd hope. Well, Dick, we certainly aren't. Really, we the last pit stop was the only true indication we've gotten. We're only getting about four and a half miles a gallon, so it's going to throw us off a little bit. If the race went green all the way, I don't think we'd be hurt by it, but if we have some cautions later on, we, it, it could uh, work our detriment. The car's running pretty good. Uh, you guys have had some trouble getting everything hooked up, but uh, the planter's car right now is running pretty good. Are you happy with it? Well, yeah, we are. We're happy with the banquet planter's uh, car. Considering the start of the year, I think we're running great, and it's our desire to try to not have any problems today and just have a good, solid finish. You know, it may be one thing, uh, Barney, that, uh, that we've talked about earlier, Bill Elliott running out of gas twice. Uh, these guys maybe with the air the way it is, uh, not quite getting the fuel mileage that they anticipated. Jimmy Spencer certainly hoping to have a better finish here today than he's had so far all this season. 40th, 36th, and 35th, the results in the first three events of the season, and some problems just not of their own making, been caught up in some bad situations, but Spencer right now being shown in the fifth position. It's been so frustrating for Travis Carter, who's been a winning crew chief for some 15 or 20 years, and of course, for the last couple of years, they have really tried to put together a winning effort. And last year with Butch Miller, they just couldn't get anything going. It wasn't Butch's fault. It wasn't the team's fault. It was just one of those situations that never gelled. And it really has to hurt if you've been in the winner's circle and you've had a team that has been a winning team for years. It's like being a winning driver. And all of a sudden, you're just out there as a player. It really works on you. And I've seen the frustration many, many times in Travis Carter and his whole team. And they were really trying to get things turned around. The differential right now between the first place car and the second place car, as far as the lap times getting around this racetrack, is about a tenth of a second. Earnhardt and Sterling Marlin both getting around here just a shade over 33 seconds. 
So right now the interval will not shorten up any there. Morgan Shepard, who currently rides in the third place, closed up on Sterling Marlin a moment ago, now has dropped back a little bit, so that battle has kind of evaporated also. MRN Radio, delighted that you've joined us for our coverage of the Motorcraft 500 today. You know, it's not very often that we're broadcasting a race on Monday, and it's very difficult sometimes for our affiliate radio stations to get a race broadcast in on a weekday, and there is no better time for you to drop a line to the station or give them a call that you're listening to and thank them for joining us for our coverage of NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing every week throughout the year. It lets you know that what station it is you're listening to today. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, MRN Radio's live coverage of the Motorcraft 500 continuing. Dale Earnhardt with a five and one half second lead now over Sterling Marlin, who has moved into the second spot. Michael Waltrip is being posted third. Morgan Shepard has dropped back to fourth. And Jimmy Spencer has moved up to fifth. Eleven cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace is sixth. Seventh is Alan, excuse me, Ricky Rudd. Alan Kowicki is now eighth. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Tenth is Ken Schrader. Bill Elliott, after running that car out of fuel while leading a couple of minutes ago, is now 11th, the last car on the lead lap. Talking about Sterling Marlin, he's having a good solid run here. He currently is being posted in the number two position. There was a lot of speculation about Sterling Marlin when he went up to juniors as to whether that combination up there would click. And a lot of folks said he's the kind of driver Junior Johnson likes. A hard charger that just hangs it out every lap. And a lot of other guys in the garage area were saying, well, he runs too hard. He may hang it out too hard, and you can't do that anymore. I asked Sterling about that the other day. I said, as a driver, uh, you know, everybody describes you as maybe running too hard sometimes. What do you think about that? I don't guess they have been when I first drove a car. Uh, you know, my daddy told me he's driving like a qualifying at every lap. And uh, just, you know, run every lap hard as you run it. And that's why I try to run one. And, you know, sometimes it, it might not be driving good. And you have to just ease off a little bit to keep wrecking it and uh, get the pits get it fixed. And I uh, hope you can and, and come on back up. But, uh, you know, that's what I like to do. Just, you know, when they drop a flag, it's hard she'll go and, uh, if it lasts, it lasts, and don't, it don't. And that's pretty much Junior's philosophy, or used to be when Junior drove some years ago back in the early 60s. Sterling hasn't changed a whole lot. It's just like he said, when they drop the green flag, he's going to go every lap just as hard as he can push the button. 210 are on the board. The leader is Dale Earnhardt from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Today's Motorcraft 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. By Peak Antifreeze, only Peak gives you peak protection. And by world-class protection of Pennzoil Motor Oil. Pennzoil, ever since America learned to drive. The Pennzoil car of Michael Waltrip takes the lead in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway as Dale Earnhardt peels off the banking and onto pit road. Let's cover that stop with Jim Phillips. And Will Lynn and Kurt Jordan go to work on the right side. David Smith handling the jack. They're going to change all four tires. It's been the custom all day for this team as Alan Kowicki gets his service and he's back on the racetrack. They come around to the left side. It's full of gasoline. They're putting on the left side tires. The tires look pretty good coming off. 20.9 seconds for Dale Earnhardt's crew. That is a, a heck of a stop to change four tires for Earnhardt and the team, and they put him back onto the speedway as he is down on the apron of the racetrack working his way back up into traffic. 
214 laps are on the scoreboard in the True Value Hard Charger points at this juncture of the race. Bill Elliott currently leads. Second is Sterling Marlin. Third is Kenny Schrader. Fourth was Kyle Petty. And fifth is Alan Kowicki, the car that just made a pit stop there a moment ago. So now moving up into the lead, Michael Walker. That car has... And a couple of times a day, we've started to say something about it because he just suddenly found something in the machine and passed seven, eight, nine cars in a row and then would hit a pace and kind of sit where he was. But right now, he had the last pit stop they made. The car has consistently worked its way to the front of the pack, and right now he is a leader. Here's the Motorcraft Ford on pit road. Morgan Shepard is the driver. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're doing the right side tires on uh, Morgan Shepard's car. Uh, but Moore's crew's got the left side tires being undone, so they're going to make four tire stop on that car. The right side's done, and they're around to the left side, jacking it up. They're filling up with Unical gasoline. They've got one can in. they got the other one in, and uh, sitting waiting to finish up the tires as they wipe the windshields off, and there goes Morgan Shepard. Dick Brooks is standing right in the middle of that Pennzoil pits of, of the leader right now, Michael Walter. Got to be some happy folks there, Dick. Well, I think so. I think Bill Engel, the crew chief, standing here. He uh, seemed a little anxious to talk. Uh, Bill, car's running awful good. Uh, you expect it like this, or are you going to have to uh, make some changes on it? Right now, Dick, everything's looking pretty good. We started off, we were a little bit loose. We made adjustment on the car. Michael made an adjustment on the track, found him a groove he could go with, and uh, we're leading right now. It feels pretty good. Well, it sure would. It, uh, it's a pretty happy bunch here, and uh, rightfully so. This is a good race to be leading. That team has gotten progressively better as the season has gone on. They had a disappointing finish at Daytona, 38th, but then they were 17th at Richmond, 7th at Rockingham two weeks ago. Now they're leading the Motorcraft 500 at 217 of 328 laps. Take you back and kind of reset this race for you if you're just tuning in and joining us. We started this thing yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock after a rain shower delayed the proceedings just a bit. We got 47 laps into the race, and the rain came back and ended things for the day on yesterday. We went back under green this morning at 11 a.m. We've had two cautions in the resumption of the race today. Davey Allison and Kyle Petty both involved in crashes. Both are okay. Only three cars out of the event. In addition to those two, the car of Richard Petty has been retired to the garage area. Right now, the leader is Michael Waltrip. We're in the middle of a segment of green flag pit stops, and the fifth place car is on pit road. That's Jimmy Spencer. Back to Dick Brooks. Well, I think it's a routine stop for them. They're going to do the left side tires on the car instead of doing four. Here's they're just going to do the left side. They're uh, putting fuel in. They've got the tires off, and he's uh, back down ready to go. Jimmy Spencer having a real good run here at Atlanta this afternoon. That's a, another driver that's really had more than his share of bad luck over the last few years, kind of find his, trying to find a niche in Winston Cup racing with a team that he'd be comfortable with and they with him, and it seems to have worked out pretty well for him with Travis Carter and the Planters Nut Car. 219 laps are on the scoreboard. Michael Waltrip leads here in the Motorcraft 500, and talk about an erratic groove watching him at both ends of the speedway over in front of David Hyatt when he comes through there, David. He looks like he's trying to kind of put some paint against the wall. That's how close he's running. Just about one car width from the wall is where he's running. He's not even dropping down low as he comes into the turn. He's keeping it hung out right all the way around the track. You know, yesterday, Fred Lorenzo said that if you stay down at the bottom of the racetrack, you're going to lead and win this race. But right now, Michael Waltrip is doing it, although he's getting a challenge from Dale Earnhardt in order to get his lap back from his last pit stop. Earnhardt having made his green flag pit stop, Michael Waltrip is not. Earnhardt will go around and get back on the tail end of the lead lap. That's going to put him in some great position when this round of green flag pit stops finishes its cycle. Add a fourth car to your attrition list in the garage area. Winston Kelly is there. With Ted Musgrave. Ted, what happened to the Pontiac? Well, the U.S. Pontiac was running pretty good today. We thought we could get the rookie honors, but 
lo and behold, you know, the fate hit us. You know, we ran along there and it started losing power about 50 laps ago, and then about 20 laps ago, I lost one cylinder, tried to hang on for the end of the race, but it didn't. She dropped the valve, and we're out for today. One of five Rookie of the Year contenders in today's race. He's the fourth car out of the Motorcraft 500. So the attrition rate beginning to build just a little bit at lap 222 here at Atlanta. Here's Ricky Rudd off the banking up in turn number four. We'll bring the Tide machine to the attention of Waddell Wilson and his guys here in just a moment. Now Rudd uh, had mixed emotions about coming back here to Atlanta this week. Of course, he was involved in the tragedy here in November with the Bill Elliott team. And, of course, uh, it's hard, it's hard for, I guess, someone to comprehend what goes through the mind of a driver uh, when he's been involved in an accident that's taken someone's life. But I asked Ricky on Friday, we sat down to talk for a little while, was it difficult for him to come through the gates at this racetrack this weekend? Well, I tell you, I, I felt like the most difficult time was when the first time I got back in the race car. That To me, that was the most difficult time. And, uh, you know, it's something that you never have behind you. It's a, you know, it's a terrible tragedy. And, uh, you know, I, you, you know, I don't think it's right to try to forget it to try to put it out of your mind but uh, there's times that it enters your mind uh, probably not there's not a day goes by that the, that pit road accident doesn't come up some kind of way but uh, I think the best thing is just to deal with it head on and go on and uh, uh, hopefully with time it will get a little easier but but right now it's still pretty difficult and of course many remembrances of Mike Rich the Bill Elliott team crewman who was killed in that accident here in November here this weekend and Ricky Rudd told us I guess he told you the same thing he did me he said I think I've been through every range of emotion that a human being can since last November, and I'm sure he has. 224 laps are on the board in the Motorcraft 500 here in Atlanta. Michael Waltrip is leader. Sterling Marlin is second. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. MRN Radio's live continuing coverage of the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 229 of 328 laps are complete, and at the moment, in the middle of a series of green flag pit stops, Michael Waltrip holds the lead the first time he has led a Winston Cup race during this season. Alan Bestwick with Barney Hall, Joe Moore and David Hyatt covering the turns today. Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly on pit road. Been a relatively clean race. We've only had four cautions between the two for rain yesterday and two in the resumption of the race today. Only four cars are out of the event so far and it the attrition rate is just kind of surprising to me. Not more cars are out of this race because this is a very difficult racetrack on cars. And the weather change from yesterday to today, the cold overnight, the cars sitting on pit road in the rain, Barney, I'm surprised we haven't had more engine problems than we've had here today. Yeah, that was a big thing that everybody was worried about was the difference in temperature and making adjustments because you jet those carburetors and you put the timing in the car according to what you think the day is going to be. And it has changed three or four times since Saturday afternoon and everyone expected to see several blown engines or at least some motor problems and very few have materialized here today. A few pit stops going on right now. Brett Bodine brings his machine in, gets a change of rubber, goes back onto the racetrack. Derek Cope's car is in as they're changing right side tires on it and will send him back to the speedway. Meanwhile, Michael Waltrip has caught Dale Earnhardt, who got himself back on the lead lap a moment ago, and it looks as though Michael might want to put him a lap down as they work over to turn two. And Michael is doing it using that unusual line going right up against the outside wall while Earnhardt takes the lower line coming through turns one and two. 
for now. Waltrip follows Earnhardt but looks to the inside. They'll tuck it in nose to tail. Waltrip will head up high. Earnhardt will tuck the Chevrolet down to the bottom of the racetrack, and they'll go door to door when they come off the fourth turn. Boy, if this racetrack was a foot narrower at the exit of turn number four, Michael Waltrip would run out of racetrack. They touch coming off the corner. Earnhardt come up the racetrack. Michael Waltrip had a nose up on the outside of him. They rub for just a minute and now go back off into one. And there's smoke coming from Michael Waltrip's car as he comes into turn number one. Could be the fender rubbing along the tire. A lot of smoke from the left front of Michael Waltrip's car, but he's still up to speed. Hasn't slowed him down a bit as he tries to track down Dale Earnhardt again. Earnhardt now has about two car links on Waltrip as they head to turn three. That smoke boiling out again. It is from the left front as Waltrip still keeps it up high. And you could see that one coming. A couple of times earlier today, Dale Earnhardt and Michael Waltrip have been racing coming off turn number four with Earnhardt directly ahead. And Michael taking that high groove, keeping the momentum up in the car. Looked like he could get down and around him, but as he came out of the corner, and it's perfectly legal for Earnhardt, he sees him coming and just moves up and blocks that outside groove. And this time, Michael Waltrip couldn't get on the binders quick enough, and he is kind of crunched into Earnhardt a little bit, and it may cost him before the day is over. Michael Waltrip hangs with him again as they work back to turns three and four, and again, Michael's going to take that high line through the corner and maybe try to get around Earnhardt again as they come back into the front straightaway, but I guarantee you he'll cut him a little more slack than he did the last time by when that happened as they work back to turn one. Michael Waltrip again following Earnhardt into turn number one, and again he climbs the banking. We're seeing the smoke come out, out from that left front tire, but it doesn't seem to be slowing down the Pennzoil Pontiac, but still he's not able to make the move around Earnhardt. The smoke has subsided a bit as they head for turn three. This time, Waltrip will drop down to the inside a little lower as they head for turn three, and he'll drop off the pace. He's going to head down pit road. Michael Waltrip now will bring the Pennzoil Pontiac down the pit lane as Jimmy Spencer makes a second pit stop. Tough break for that team. He's making a second pit stop to get left side tires. They stopped just one lap ago for right sides. Meanwhile, here's the Michael Waltrip car. Dick Brooks is in that pit. The left front has been pushed in just a little bit. It's just so minor that uh, you can hardly tell it, but it has pushed in far enough and rubbing the tire just a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a real problem for them. They've changed, they're going to change all four tires on the car, and then they'll try to pull that left front fender off a little bit. Actually, the car is built, but those fenders have been pulled in so tight against the tires it didn't take much, and uh, now they got a little problem with it rubbing. Uh, now they're getting ready to drop the car and let it go. Barney, you and I were just debating uh, how much of a plus or minus this might be for Michael Waltrip. I say that he had to make a green flag pit stop anyway, so if the damage is not that bad, it might not be that bad a break for him. No, it doesn't put him that far out of sequence as far as getting onto pit road, but uh, he certainly didn't want to crunch in the front end of that car and possibly do some other damage. Let's go back to the pits. Well, I'm not for sure that they uh, really anticipated it rubbing the tires heavy as it has been. The tires rubbed quite bad. Uh, in my opinion, it's uh, it's too bad to let go. And they did not pull the fender out like they really should have. They, uh, we're going to have to take a look at it in a few minutes and see what happens. But uh, I still think they got a problem. We still see that little wisp of smoke trailing out from under Michael Waltrip's car as he came through three and four that time. He heads back into turn number one, running behind Rusty Wallace. We'll watch it as he works over to Joe Moore and see if the smoke is still there. Waltrip goes up the banking, and yes, we do see a trail of smoke coming out of the left front. It intensifies even more coming off turn two as he does make the move by Rusty Wallace. Last time through turn three, the smoke boiled out from that car, and he also got a little bit out of shape trying to gather it back in as though there was some sort of bind against that front wheel. Again, the smoke boils out of Michael Waltrip's car, but not slowing him down. Now, over the last, these last couple of laps, while we followed Michael Waltrip's fates and fortunes when he made that green flag pit stop, we'll inform you that Bill Elliott 
has reassumed the lead. Elliott right now with a three and one half second lead over Rusty Wallace, who's now in second. Third is Ken Schrader. Fourth is Daryl Waltrip. And Dale Earnhardt is running in fifth position. Those cars right now showing on the lead lap at 239 laps. Looking a little further back in the field and being posted a lap down after some pit stops a moment ago. Back in ninth position would have been Ricky Rudd. Derek Cope had been posted 10th at that time. 11th was Ernie Irvin. 12th, Rick Wilson. 13th, Morgan Shepard. 14th, Brett Bodine. 15th, Jimmy Spencer. 16th, Bobby Hillen. 17th was Terry Labonte. 18th was Hutt Strickland. 19th was Dick Trickle. And rounding out the top 20 spots would have been Alan Kowicki. That's the way they were running just a few minutes ago. And we'll see some more pit stops coming up here very shortly with the leader, Bill Elliott, at lap 240. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Bill Elliott leads the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway on this Monday afternoon. 245 of 328 laps are in the books. Right now, Rusty Wallace is running second. Ken Schrader is third. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Morgan Shepard is running fifth. And those are the only five cars that are running on the lead lap as we near the three-quarter point in this event. Down on the pit road right now, the second-place car dropping down. This is Rusty Wallace bringing the Miller Pontiac to the attention of his pit crew. We'll cover the stop with Dick Brooks. Well, I'm sure they're going to do like everybody else, just uh, take their best shot is what they felt they need to do with their tires. They'll certainly fill it up with uh, Unical fuel. Uh, they're going to change right sides, and I don't see from this point anyway any evidence yet of doing left side tires. They uh, sit behind the car ready to push it. They did bump the spoiler up just a little bit. They're going to let it go with just right side tires only. Rusty Wallace is down and away. And, Dick, you were in the pits there a moment ago when Michael Waltrip came in and had a chance to look over that fender being caved in a little bit on that left front tire. And the smoke is still coming out from under that car, but apparently they were not that worried about it. Well, that's true, Barney. And I... Uh, it only took three laps from the time he and Earnhardt got together until it badly burnt that tire. Uh, maybe worse than, than I would feel comfortable with. They don't seem to be too concerned about it. The fender's not bent. To where it, as, as I said earlier, hardly where you can see it. But they were so close into the tire anyway that they are rubbing. Now, I don't know. You know, it's just going to uh, heat up the shoulder of the tire a little bit. Maybe not create a problem, but uh, it sure was an awful good time to fix the thing for good, and they didn't do that. So maybe it won't maybe it won't be a problem, but it uh, appears to me it's going to be. You don't see all that much smoke coming off the tire now as Michael is still taking that high line right out against the wall, and that is to his credit also, and it will also help the situation as far as the tire and the fender rubbing. He's not binding the car up, having to turn it that hard as he goes right up against the wall. 248 laps are on the board. Before we talk a little bit further, we have been intending all day to say hello to a couple of folks who are on the men in stock car racing. Ducky Newman, an engine builder from up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, has been in the hospital recently and I understand is still there. We wish him a speedy recovery. And certainly to our engineer, Clay Stalka, who had some surgery a week or so ago, I understand, uh, and is pretty well on the men, and I'm sure he's listening today. And you guys, if Clay is listening, I'd just like to say that our team filled in for you pretty good. There's a lot of pretty girls asking about you at the different hotels here in Atlanta, and I'm sure they're anxious for you to come back. So hurry up and get well. Clay, we wish you the best, and we look forward to seeing you when we get back to Daytona tomorrow. Down on pit road, Dave Marcus has the hood up on the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. Winston Kelly, what's the situation there? They put the hood back down on Dave Marcus's car. It looks like it's a terminal problem. He's dropped the window net and they're going to push him behind the wall. We'll get a comment from Dave in just a moment. Marcus will become only the fifth car to retire from this race on lap number 250. Others out of the event. Davey Allison went out on lap number 58. 
due to an accident in turn number four. Kyle Petty retired on lap 175 after the motor let go in his car, and he subsequently crashed in turn number one. Richard Petty suffered an engine problem in the STP Pontiac. He retired on lap 196. And Ted Musgrave retired on lap 219, also with an engine problem in his car. Now Dave Marcus puts his Chevrolet back into the garage. And the field continues to be pretty well strung out around Atlanta with Bill Elliott leading the Motorcraft 500 here this afternoon. Right now he has a pretty healthy lead on the second place car, which is Kenny Schrader. But Schrader's having a good solid run. He told us a couple of weeks ago up in the, at the North Carolina Motor Speedway that that team has really been searching for the combination to get things turned around where they can be consistent and run in the top five and hopefully by the halfway point of the season be a consistent threat to win and get some wins in the second half of the year. In the third segment of today's Motorcraft 500, Bill Elliott ran the quickest lead lap, lap 184, a 169.111 mile an hour speed. Tyson Holly Farms awarding $1,500 to the leader who turns the quickest lap in the running of today's Motorcraft 500, and we'll announce the winner of that award, the Tyson Lickety Split Award, near the end of today's race. True Value Hard Charger standings, Bill Elliott leads, uh, running in second is Sterling Marlin, third is Kent Schrader. Fourth is Kyle Petty. Fifth is Alan Kalicki. Points awarded to those drivers running in the top five on each lap in the True Value Hard Charger Award. And the leader is on pit road. Let's cover that stop. We're going to the right side. Marty, Van Elliott and the crew leading off the windshield. There's no indication they're going to change left side. The car is running this time. Bill Elliott, of course, stretched the gas mileage a little bit on the first two stops. Down the way, 14.5 seconds, two tire stop for Bill Elliott. And Elliott's team not taking any chance on running out of fuel a second time here at Atlanta this afternoon. They are down and away as they move down into turn number one on the apron of the speedway. This will move Kenny Schrader up into the lead this afternoon. 254 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt now eases up into the number two spot. Morgan Shepard will work his way up to third. And, of course, Michael Walter is now being shown a lap down, is in fourth place. We continue to work our way towards the conclusion of the Motorcraft 500. 254 of 328 laps are complete. Ken Schrader leads Dale Earnhardt, Michael Waltrip, Morgan Shepard, and Ricky Rudd in the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Dave Marcus has just retired his car a couple of moments ago. Let's get a report there. He's still sitting in this bright blue Chevrolet. Dave, what's the problem? Well, we've had a lot of problems, but I think now we may have burned a piston. I'm not sure. I smelt some burnt oil. I shut it off, but, uh, you know, just one of those weeks. Yesterday we got oil all over the windshield. had to pit early, and uh, today we got the car running very good. I was real happy with it. The lap times were good. Lap times were consistent, and, uh, you know, it's just one of them deals. But uh, we want to say hi to Mike Miller from the Big Apple Market, who's in the hospital back home, and... High point betting who's helping us out this race and all the guys at the shop. And we'll be back home Tuesday. We'll be back at Darlington. And, uh, you know, I predict we're going to get our stuff turned around and be strong at Darlington. So former winner here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway back in 1976. He's out this afternoon. Dave Marcus in the garage area. 260 laps complete. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Terry Labonte's car has been brought back to pit road. He came in very slowly. The hood is up, and that team is taking a look under the hood of his car. And apparently there is a very serious problem for Terry Labonte in the Sunoco machine for the moment. We'll keep our eye there and see if they can get him back into the race. Let's give you a rundown as uh, how the field is standing at this point. This is as of lap number 256, five laps ago. Ken Schrader was leading. Dale Earnhardt second. 
Morgan Shepard third, Michael Waltrip fourth, and Ricky Rudd fifth. Sixth, Bill Elliott. Seventh, Sterling Marlin. And eighth, Rusty Wallace. Those cars on the lead lap. One lap down in ninth, Alan Kulwicki. Tenth, Darrell Waltrip. Eleventh, Derek Cope. And twelfth, Ernie Irvin. Two laps down in thirteenth, Rick Wilson. Fourteenth, Brett Bodine. Harry Gant, fifteenth. Chad Little is sixteenth. Hutch Strickland is 17th, and Terry Labonte was running two laps down in 18th before coming onto pit road. Running three laps down in 19th is Bobby Hillen, Jimmy Spencer 20th, 21st Mark Martin, 22nd Dale Jarrett, and Jeff Bodine 23rd. Four laps down, 24th is Dick Trickle, and Jim Sauter is 25th. Five laps down, Rick Mast and Jeff Purvis. Six lap down in 28th is Mickey Gibbs, then Wally Dallenbach, Dave Mater, and Joe Rutman. Seven laps down is Rich Bickle in 32nd, and ten laps down in 33rd was Jimmy Means. Those cars remaining on the speedway at this time. And the leader is on pit road, Jim Phillips. Kenny Schrader gets right side tires in 14.5 seconds, so a good stop for right side tires for Kenny Schrader as Harry Gant rolls onto the pit lane, and they go to the right side on his machine. He was running in 15th position. They're going to change all four tires on Harry Gant's car and send him on the way. A couple of the cars making routine stops. These are all green flag stops for the front runners right now. Schrader had been the leader for an extended period of time here. That's going to move Dale Earnhardt up into the, the lead right now. Earnhardt having a consistent run, but Alan, you may be like myself. I am really shocked to see that Earnhardt's car has not been hooked up because three out of the last four races, I don't think you could have had a more perfect race car than we've seen Earnhardt bring to Atlanta. Well, I think one of the things that's going to play out in how he ends up at the end of this race is if there are any more caution flags, and if not, fuel mileage. Now, Ken Schrader just stopping on lap number 263. That leaves 65 laps to the end of this race. And that might be stretching it just a bit on fuel, depending on the mileage the car gets. And I can judge, looking back at the pit stop records of all the cars that are still running on the lead lap, some may have to make two stops to get to the end of this race. So it's a little bit hard to guess right now as to whether Earnhardt is in good shape or not, depending on the fuel mileage that some of the other cars are getting. Kind of will play out on pit road, that's for sure. I've seen a lot of races won and lost here at Atlanta, according to how the fuel worked out, as some other racetracks. Let's go to pit road. Well, let's just find out how the fuel mileage is going to work out for Dale Earnhardt. Richard, you're back up on top right now. How's the fuel mileage going to work out for your team? It's going to work out good, but uh, Kenny Slater, with his track position right now, he's going to be pretty tough with everybody keeps the strategy like it's been going. How about your car today? It's been just a little bit off the way you'd like it. No, we're running some good laps. Car, you know, we've been about the fastest car out there the last half of the race. Mike Walters running some good laps. That's Richard Childers, the car owner for Dale Earnhardt. And they have taken Sterling Marlin, not Sterling Marlin, we'll keep one. I knew he was going to put him in the 94 car before the day was over. They have taken Terry Labonte's car back to the garage area, and we'll try to get a word with him in just a moment. You add a dollar to the announcer's pool. Next weekend, MRN Radio moves on to the Florida 200 for NASCAR's Bush Grand National Series at the Volusia County Speedway in Barberville, Florida. Near Daytona Beach will be on the air at 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon with our live coverage. Bush Pole qualifying for that race is Saturday night at 7 p.m. this coming weekend, followed by a complete Winston Racing Series program. Ticket office at the Volusia County Speedway is open today. Also going on next Sunday, an exciting program up at the Richmond International Raceway, the Winston Twin 200s. NASCAR's Winston Modified Tour. Boy, they put on a whale of a show at Richmond last March, and they'll make a return appearance next Sunday for 200 laps, along with a 200-lap race for NASCAR's Sportsman Division. That going on one week from today at the Richmond International Raceway. 
268 laps on the scoreboard here in the Motorcraft 500. And continuing the lead, Dale Earnhardt, Michael Waltrip, and Morgan Shepard round out the top three. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. What should be the final round of green flag pit stops unfolding in the Motorcraft 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. While we were away, Dale Earnhardt brought the Goodwrench Chevrolet down to the attention of his crew. Let's get a report. And Dale Earnhardt's crew went around the car. They did four tires. They put in Unical gasoline, a lap 271 in 21.4 seconds. So another great stop for the Dale Earnhardt team. Well, they're really getting it done. The second place car on pit road also right now. Morgan Shepard brings that machine in. Let's get a report there. Well, it looks like they're just going to do two on it and fill it up with fuel. That's what they've done, and they've dropped it now. And away it goes. Alan Kowicki brings his car in. These are routine green flag pit stops and should be the final ones of the day for the cars that have been in the pits in the last few laps around. Michael Waltrip continues to set the pace here. He's had a kind of a topsy-turvy day, and we were looking at the machine the last seven or eight laps around to see if that smoke was still coming off that tire that might have been rubbing on the fender a moment ago from his encounter with Dale Earnhardt a little bit earlier this afternoon. He's over in front of David Hyatt. Apparently the problem has cured itself, Barney, because we haven't seen the smoke in the last couple of laps. Right now, since Earnhardt has come back onto the speedway, he has started to tighten up and close in on Michael Waltrip uh, and try to get his lap back. There's only about uh, six car lengths separating them now as they're over in turn one. The only time you see that smoke come out from the left front on Waltrip's car is when he really binds it up coming off the corner. He's sweeping very high coming up through turns one and two. The line he's been running all afternoon that doesn't seem to bother the tire. But again, just as he really tightens it up coming off the corner, when it binds up, that's when we'll see a little wisp of smoke. And a neat little move there by Dale Earnhardt in turn number three. Boxed Michael Waltrip in behind a lap car of Rick Mast, and so Earnhardt will move back around and unlap himself. Let's go to the garage in Winston Kelly. Terry Lebroni has brought the Oldsmobile behind the wall. Terry, what's the problem on the car? Well, I'm not really sure. We think it might have broke a camshaft. Uh, I, I don't really know. It seemed like it slowed down a little bit there, and and uh, and then it broke. You know, it just cut off, and uh, the, the distributor's not turning, so I guess that's what it is. Early on in the race, the first 100 miles, today at least, the car seemed to be real strong, and then it seemed to back up a little bit. What happened then? Well, it, it was awful strong there for a while, and uh, we kind of got messed up on a pit stop. I killed a car one time. We had a slow stop once. Uh, so, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad a day. We're getting there, but uh, it's unfortunate we fell out. That's Terry Levani. He's out this afternoon. Six cars out of the race as we approach the final, uh, what, 40 laps of this race. Only six cars have visited the garage area so far. In addition to Terry Labonte, in the garages, Dave Marcus, Ted Musgrave, Richard and Kyle Petty, and Davey Allison. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service tour of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award winner to receive $1,000 from the folks at Western Auto and points towards a season-ending $25,000. Right now, Andy Petrie, Harry Gantz crew chief, leads those standings over Waddell Wilson, Jake Elder, Kirk Shelmerdine, and Tony Glover. The lead car is on pit road. Michael Waltrip is there for attention. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're going to do four tires on it. They've got the right side tires off and back on. Getting ready to drop that down. They're going to, of course, fill it up with fuel. And uh, now they're jacking up the left side. It's going to be very important how he gets back on the racetrack and what time he gets back on it. Uh, this is going to be the last shot for him. And uh, they're actually taking a little extra time to do it. They had a little trouble getting the jack up under the car. So, uh, they are cleaning the fender up this time, so it won't be rubbing anymore. And now he's down in the way.
little longer stop than Michael Waltrip's team would have liked for him as he goes back off pit road and onto the racetrack, and it's going to cost him an extra second or so, and that might play the difference before this one is out. 279 laps are on the board. Bill Elliott now moves up as the leader. Ricky Rudd is running second. Third is Sterling Marlin. Fourth is Kenny Schrader and Rusty Wallace round out the top five. And, of course, some of those cars still have yet to make a final green flag pit stop. I still think that fuel is going to be one of the uh, concerns for Ken Schrader's team. 65 laps may or may not cut it, and we'll have to keep an eye on that as we wind this race towards a close. Wally Dallenbach Jr. with a close call in front of Joe Moore just a second ago. Car went way up into the loose stuff at the top, uh, uppermost portion of the racetrack here in turn number two. Barely touched the wall here, but he brought it back off the wall and held on. 280 laps are complete. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. The pit strategy to decide the Motorcraft 500 begins to unfold here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway as we come to lap 284 of the 328 that will make up this race. Bill Elliott has peeled his car off the racetrack, made a stop, and an interesting pit strategy there. Let's get a report. 2.9 seconds on the pit stop. Ernie, didn't take out any tires that time. No, we were just short on fuel. And uh, I'm just not going to take a chance on it at this point. You know, we'll see what service is. You're making all the way right now. You can make it the rest of the way on fuel now. Can you make it the rest of the way on fuel now? Oh, yeah, we'll be okay now. That's Ernie Elliott, crew chief for his brother, Bill. 2.9 seconds of the splash of gasoline just seconds ago. Dick Trickle having a little trouble getting his car into his pit stall on pit road. We're doing a little calculating on Bill Elliott. They last stopped, according to my calculation, at lap 253, which means they already have some 75 laps on that set of tires with still quite a few laps to go. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if tires will be a factor as far as having old ones or new ones on as we come down to the conclusion of this race. Sterling Marlin is in the pits right now. Let's cover his final stop of the day. Well, Mike Beam and the crew, Charles Wright, go to the right side. They're checking to go to the left side tires. They're going to change only right side tires on the Maxwell House Ford to get that job done right now. 16.9 seconds. I just talked to Richard Broom seconds ago, and he said that Kenny Schrader can make it on gasoline. So Ken Schrader will reassume the lead as Sterling Marlin makes his pit stop, put Ken Schrader back to the top of the stack. Right now we're showing Darrell Waltrip as the second-place car. We'll check that in just a moment. Rusty Wallace, who was running in third, now brings the Miller-Pontiac onto the pit lane, Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to uh, change left-side tires on his car. There's an awful lot of uh, different things going on. There's uh, Some cars don't take any tires at all. This is an awful important racetrack for tires, but uh, they feel that uh, Elliott's car didn't need it. They did uh, change left side on, uh, on the rest of the car. filled up with fuel, and he's down and away. Well, we'll see what happens with the time this thing sorts itself out in about another 30-some uh, laps. Oh, a lot of the drivers are taking a higher line through the corners, which will not be as hard on tire wear as it would be if they were really down there door-to-door type racing and really hanging it out every lap so apparently Bill Elliott feels like that the way he's been running here today they've had a chance to take off several sets of tires and take a look at them and a lot of it is just simply guesswork and you hope you guessed right 288 laps are on the board as Kenny Schrader will lead the Motorcraft 500 Daryl Waltrip is running second and I'm real sure that Schrader is pretty happy feeling like he can go the distance right now but just uh, it 
if they're I'm going to be surprised if he runs that because yeah. most of the teams will tell me, Aaron, and I'm sure they've told you all weekend long, 62 laps, 63, 64 would be really stretching it. To, to go a little further than that, it is a big gamble. If he's confident in his fuel mileage, then they are in very good shape right now. But uh, that's going to be the, the interesting thing to see as this race winds down to its conclusion. At the end of the event today, Barney and I will be voting the Habitampa Close But No Cigar Award winner, the winning driver, to be presented $500 from the folks at Habitampa Cigars and MRN Radio. True Value Hard Charger Award, where drivers in the top five on each lap are awarded points as they go. Right now, Bill Elliott leads those standings over Sterling Marlin, Ken Schrader, Dale Earnhardt, and Kyle Petty, who uh, spent a good part of the race in the lead earlier today before falling out after an engine failure and crash in turn number one. Kenny Schrader continues to work around the Atlanta Motor Speedway as Dick Trickle finally gets pit service and will get his car back onto the racetrack. The attrition rate, if you just joined our broadcast, might have taken out your favorite driver. We'll run back through the cars that are currently in the garage. Terry Labonte is out. Dave Marcus, Ted Musgrave has gone in the garage. Both Petties are out. Richard and Kyle in the garage. And Davey Allison are the cars that we're showing that will not be around on the racetrack at the end today. 291 laps are on the board as Kenny Schrader continues. You know, it's going to be two races in a row where Schrader was involved in a real close finish up at Rockingham a couple of weeks ago. He got a good break by being on pit road when the caution came out and got a freebie pit stop, so to speak. And then the caution came out and dashed his hopes of winning up there. But they have really got that team turned around in the right direction the last couple of races. It's very easy to see. And they're, but they're not depending on luck to win races. That's what Schrader told me the other day. He said, we need to have something besides luck to put us in victory lane. Yeah, they're working very hard to, to say that work, uh, you know, the old racing definition of luck is where preparation meets opportunity. They want to make sure that that preparation is there when the opportunity arises, like it did at Rockingham a couple of weeks ago and perhaps here today in Atlanta. 292 laps are on the board as Schrader comes off of turn number four, crosses the start-finish line, put it up to 293 now. Down on pit road, the Dick Trickle car spent a pretty good bit of time with the hood up there. Winston Kelly is in that pits. He was watching the proceedings. Winston? They had some brake problems, Alan. First, he went a couple of stalls beyond his brake, beyond his pit stall, because he could not stop. When they rolled it back, they worked on the right front brake caliper. Apparently, they had a brake line or something come loose, and then they put some brake fluid in it. While we're speaking, Rich Bickle rolled his Oldsmobile behind pit wall, and he'll become the seventh retiree this afternoon. So Rich Bickle will retire from this event. Uh, Rich Bickle, the Wisconsin driver, getting the start this season at the beginning of the year in the Kanawha Insurance Automobile. He will become only the seventh car to retire from the race. Ken Schrader continues to lead, resetting the leaderboard for you. Bill Elliott is being shown as second. Being shown in the third position right now is Darrell Waltrip. Fourth will be the Dale Earnhardt car. And Derek Cope was being posted fifth. He just made a green flag pit stop. So that'll shuffle Cope back into the standings just a bit. Here's the leader out of turn number four. Kenny Schrader crosses the stripe. We're going to put the watch on him this time to get the separation between first and second place as Bill Elliott comes off of turn four. Schrader has already gone into turn number one. So at least a difference of a straightaway or more. Ten just a pinch over 10 seconds separate first and second place with 295 laps complete of the 328 that will make up the Motorcraft 500. We'll take a break and we'll be back. 28 laps to go as we near the conclusion of the Motorcraft 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. MRN Radio with live coverage for you this afternoon. Alan Bestwick along with Barney Hall, Joe Moore and David Hyatt in the turns today on pit road. Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly. Right now Ken Schrader is the leader. Bill Elliott being shown second. Dale Earnhardt is third. Morgan Shepard is fourth. And Ricky Rudd 
is being shown in the fifth position. Now, we've been talking about Ken Schrader and the possibility of whether or not he can make it on fuel. And, Barney, while we were in that commercial break, I went back over some of my pit records, and I think you did too, that it looks like Schrader has got as much as perhaps 71 laps on a tank of fuel under green during the course of this race. So they may be very well justified in their confidence that it won't be any problem for him to go the distance. Well, obviously, they are pretty confident that he can go the distance, or they wouldn't leave him out there this way. But I think, didn't you say, while we were talking a little bit there, that there was a caution in that segment of that 70-lap run also? It's possible that he might have got a couple of caution laps involved in that, but some of the other runs that he's made, 68 laps being in there as well. So the 65 laps doesn't appear to be pushing it all that much for Schrader. He's in pretty good shape right now. He's taking his time getting around this racetrack, taking a good line through the corners when he's catching some of the lap traffic. He's kind of cutting them a little extra slack because he's in no danger of being chased down and the lead taken away from him at this juncture. A moment ago, 8.7 seconds. The separation between himself and Bill Elliott as he comes out of turn number four and works his way back into turn one. At Kenny Trader is running a pretty solid line coming through turns one and two. Barney, you mentioned a few moments ago where most of the front runners are taking a little bit higher line, kind of trying to save their tires. Trader's running very smoothly down about midways the racetrack. We're watching uh, the third or fourth place car, Morgan Shepard, a few moments ago. He's taking such a high line. He got into a wall just a couple of laps ago, scraped it here in turn number two, but brought it back down. But practically everybody else taking the high line. Trader's running nice and smooth about the middle of the racetrack. Well, we've got some nominees for for the Goodies Headache Award today here in the Motorcraft 500. The members of the media in attendance at today's race will vote that award and the winner will get himself uh, a cash prize and a sample of Goodies Headache powders and tablets to try and help uh, ease the pain quite a bit. Also a donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina in the Goodies Headache Award winner's name. MRN Radio will vote the Pete Cool Move of the Race Award at the conclusion of today's race for the driver, crew chief, or team who makes the coolest move perhaps getting through traffic or on pit road, uh, whatever the case may be. The peak cool move of the race, receiving $500 to the winning driver or team there. Kenny Schrader said the other day, we're talking about trying to get that team turned around in the right direction because they have a lot of talent on the team. They certainly have the resources to field a winning car. And Schrader said the other day, we're just sorting people out and trying to trying to find the combination we need. Well, I think so. I mean, we're, we're getting, we, we think we've got the right personnel now, but uh, we just got to get everybody thinking the same way. We you know, we, we really, we run pretty good lately. We, we just need uh, just a little bit of luck, you know, and uh, to keep going like we're going and get the experience of running up front. Well, he's had plenty of experience at running up front here for the last hour or so. Schrader comes across the line. 306 laps are complete of the 328 that will make up the distance. To set the running order the way they, the Schrader has the advantage right now, he is 8 and 7 tenths seconds ahead of the second-place car, Bill Elliott, which is just about a full straightaway here at Atlanta. He is just a pinch over 13 seconds ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who runs third. So you can pretty well see he has no problems for the moment if this race stays green and he doesn't have a fuel problem in the final laps. Yes, yeah, certainly the last thing that Ken Schrader would like to see right now would be a caution come out. There are seven cars running on the lead lap, Schrader, Elliott, and Earnhardt. You heard Barney document there. Running in the fourth position is Morgan Shepard. Fifth is Michael Waltrip. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. And Sterling Marlin is the last car on the lead lap. He is running just in front of Ken Schrader. Maybe about uh, oh, say 15 car lengths in front of Schrader now as those two work their way down towards the 20 lap to go signal. When they come off of turn number four this time by as Schrader works his way now midway through those two corners there'll be 20 laps to go in the Motorcraft 500 and certainly the uh, fingers and toes Jim Phillips must be crossed out in the Schrader pit that their luck holds out to the end of this one. Well, they certainly are. Richard Broom just watching 
Richard, Ronnie Revis, your engine man, said you could go 66 laps on fuel. You're going to have to go 65 to win. Yeah, we're looking pretty good right now. We don't have no caution or anything. We're going to be in good shape. Well, he seems to be running a good line around this racetrack today. Pardon, I didn't understand. Kenny seems to be running a good line around the track today. Yeah, he just, uh, you know, just got over the and he's real calm and he's doing a good job. That's Richard Broom, the crew chief for Kenny Schrader. Kenny Schrader doesn't have a lot of traffic in his vicinity as he works his way around the racetrack. There's no real big packs of traffic that he's going to have to work his way through before this race is over here this afternoon. 309 laps are on the board for Kenny Schrader. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Schrader continues to take pretty much the same line as he has for the last hour or so around this racetrack. When he goes off of the corner, if there isn't a lot of traffic there, he'll pin the car right to the bottom of the speedway. And coming through three and four, it almost looks like he's running slower than anybody on the racetrack. Almost because it just doesn't seem like the car is jumping up off the corner like uh, some of the other cars, like Michael Walter, for example. But that might have something to do with the differences in the line that the drivers are taking. Michael Waltrip is all the way out by the wall and really keeping the RPMs up in his Pontiac while Schrader is right down to the bottom of the racetrack and uh, perhaps even having such a large lead maybe to ensure the fuel he's off the throttle a little more in the middle of each corner than some of the other drivers but you're definitely uh, right in, in your impression that he doesn't look as quick up off the corners than some of the other cars. I got a feeling he's feathering the throttle a little bit too uh, completely different than he would have he got three or four cars around him that he's got to race that hard. He's out of turn number two and down the back straightaway. And as he works up to turn number three, David Hyatt, just about all the cars that are directly ahead that might come into play before the checkered flag comes down are running single file in front of him. Single file and just about at the same speed. Directly ahead of him is Sterling Marlin and directly ahead of that is Brent Bodine. I've noticed the interval between Sterling Marlin and Ken Schrader the last few laps by. It's actually stretched out, so apparently uh, Ken Schrader is backing off the throttle just a little bit. Trying to get every last drop of fuel he can and maybe increase his mileage by staying off the throttle just a bit in the middle of the corners here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway you're not on the throttle all the way through the corners like you are at Daytona and at Talladega you have to feather the throttle somewhat to get a good lap around here anyway but perhaps Schrader coming all the way out of the gas and taking some of his own momentum away if you're just joining us this race actually begun yesterday has been slowed only four times by caution and two of those were yesterday afternoon due to the rain that we had one being the red flag that halted the event and postponed it until here this afternoon on the resumption at lap 47 this afternoon since then only two cautions have slowed the race Davey Allison in an accident on lap 58 and Kyle Petty with an accident on lap 175 seven cars out of the event everyone else is still on the racetrack and we'll quickly take you back through the running order as we close in on the finish Ken Schrader's the leader Bill Elliott is second Dale Earnhardt is third fourth is Morgan Shepard and fifth is Michael Waltrip Ricky Rudd is sixth and Sterling Marlin is seventh those cars on the lead lap. One lap down in eighth is Alan Kulwicki. Ninth is Rusty Wallace. And Darrell Waltrip is running tenth. Eleventh, Derek Cope. And twelfth is Hutch Strickland. Two laps down, Ernie Irvin, Rick Wilson, Brett Bodine. Three laps down, Jimmy Spencer, Chad Little, Mark Martin, Harry Gant, and Dale Jarrett. Twentieth, four laps down, Jeff Bodine and Bobby Hillen. Five laps down is Jim Sauter. Six laps down are the Jeff Purvis car and Mickey Gibbs. Eight laps down in 26th is Wally Dallenbach. 
Joe Rutman and Dave Mater, nine laps down in 29th, Dick Trickle and Rick Mast. 11 laps down in 31st is Jimmy Means, and 12 laps down in 32nd is the Andy Hillenberg car. All the other starters have retired from the event. 13 laps, and it'll all be over in the Motorcraft 500 here in Atlanta. The members of the media covering today's Motorcraft 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000 to driver Davey Allison. Plus, a $250 donation will go to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing Company and Davy Allison. Off of turn number four, here is Ken Schrader, the race leader across the start-finish line. 316 goes on the board. There are 12 laps to go in the Motorcraft 500. Here's Bill Elliott, 5.6 seconds back. So Elliott right now needs some help in order to catch up to Schrader. Dale Earnhardt running third. He's another five seconds back from Elliott. Fourth place is Morgan Shepard. Fifth place is Michael Waltrip. And those two cars are separated by about 10 car lengths on the racetrack. Average speed of the race, just under 140 miles an hour. Even though we've only had a couple of cautions, that's still a good bit off the race record pace here in Atlanta. Well, we've had so many cautions and the, and the rain delays and everything else. I'm surprised the average speed is really up that fast. That's not a bad average speed considering everything that we've had to contend with here this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. They are now showing 10 laps to go as the leader, Kenny Schrader, will come across the stripe this time. Schrader, as we said, cutting himself plenty of slack around this racetrack. He hasn't had a traffic problem for the last 10 or 15 circuits around the speedway. Most of the cars he has encountered have been running along single file on the racetrack. 317 on the board, about 318, about to go up with 10 to go as Schrader is across the stripe, and he may encounter the biggest pack of traffic he has in the last 50 laps as he works over to turn two. Pack of about four cars directly ahead of Kenny Schrader, and some of those are racing side-by-side. Side. Brett Bodine, Sterling Marlin, Wally Dolan back. Also, the Joe Rutman car directly ahead as Schrader makes his move off turn two. Schrader will stay up to the high side to get around the Joe Rutman machine. He'll pull in right behind Wally Dolan back as he does so. He'll have to ride his line just a little higher through the turn this time. The green and white Kodiak Chevrolet beginning to work his way now up off of turn number four and around the Rutman car. Schrader has not visited Victory Lane since the fall race at Charlotte in 1989. 35 races ago, he's back in one. He puts it down to the inside of the racetrack. Now he'll try to pull alongside Wally Dollenbach coming off turn number two. Not really pushing it here. He'll settle in behind Dollenbach off turn two onto the backstretch. Dollenbach will drop down to the inside. Gives Schrader plenty of racing room. He goes on by. Then Dollenbach comes back up single file. And now straight ahead is Sterling Marlin and Brett Bodine. Kenny Schrader will keep it right down near the apron of the racetrack. Right at the bottom of the speedway through turns three and four and back into the front straightaway. The next two cars he'll be catching if he elects to do so and pass them as this race winds down will be Brett Bodine as they work over to turn two. Sterling Marlin directly ahead of Brett Bodine. He'll go wide. Bodine goes down to the inside of the racetrack about five or six car lengths back to where the leader, Kenny Schrader, sits. Those two cars, Sterling Marlin and Brett Bodine, stay single file about a car length from one another. It's three car lengths on back to Kenny Schrader as he starts to close in on Brett Bodine down to the inside of turn three. Once again, off of turn number four, Ken Schrader is the race leader. He'll come down to the start-finish line. He'll complete lap number three, 21, seven laps to go as Ken Schrader takes the Kodiak 
Chevrolet back again to turn one. We can tell he's perfectly content. Kenny is to just sit there and hold his spot. Probably could easily bypass those slower cars directly ahead, but why push it now? Again, Schrader follows those two onto the back stretch. He follows right on, single file. About two car lengths separate each of those cars. They all tuck it right down to the bottom of turn three as they move over to four. Kenny Schrader is really conserving fuel in these final laps. A moment ago, he had an advantage of almost a full nine seconds over Bill Elliott. Now that advantage is about four and a half seconds, and it is simply because Kenny Schrader is not turning the lap times he did a little bit earlier, and apparently they're gauging it out pretty well. He works back to turn two. Just drifting it into turn number one, right to the bottom of the racetrack, about halfway through the turn, following Brett Bodine now as he exits turn two. This time he'll close in a little tighter on Brett Bodine, take a look to the outside. He'll put the Chevrolet Lumina up to the high side of Brett Bodine's Buick and take a little higher line now through turn three. Schrader, I'm sure, keeping a nervous eye on the fuel pressure gauge in the dashboard of his Chevrolet. Off of turn number four, he'll come down to the start-finish line, and he'll make lap number 323. Five laps to go for Ken Schrader in the Motorcraft 500. Right down to the line on the bottom of the racetrack in turn number one is Schrader directly ahead of the Brett Bodine car. He may still have to deal with Sterling Marlin. That car about ten car lengths ahead now as they hit the backstretch. Schrader has typically been running a lot lower line than Sterling Marlin. This time, he's about six car lengths behind him, but following right in the tire tracks. As Marlin goes up the banking a bit, so does Schrader, maybe getting a little bit of that draft. Bill Elliott can do nothing except just hold what he has back there in second place. He's cut down the interval between himself and the leader, Kenny Schrader, by about half of what it was, which is still just not quite a full length of the front straightaway between those two, but the time factor right now is what is on Schrader's side. Of course, he's saving that fuel as he works back to turn two. Right down to the inside of the racetrack again, coming off the corner, not trying to track down Sterling Marlin, still running just a couple of car lengths ahead of Brett Bodine. Probably one of the most comfortable places he can be between two cars now. He doesn't have a lot of air pressure coming in on the race car, and that lets him slide through the turns a lot smoother. Now the lead, less than four seconds, 3.9 seconds for Ken Schrader, trying to feather that throttle and save every drop of gasoline that he can. Lap 325 goes on the board, three laps to go, he's back in one. Kenny Schrader still riding the same line, about a groove up from the bottom of the racetrack now, directly ahead of Brett Bodine, easing it off, turn number two, ever so gently here as again he hits the back stretch. Nice and smooth, he'll tuck it up against the outside retaining wall, this time Sterling Marlin has pulled away a little bit, but Brett Bodine still is about three car lengths behind Ken Schrader. They go midway through the turn in turn three. Kenny Schrader hasn't buried more than a couple of feet for the last 50 laps around this racetrack, except when he absolutely had to, catching traffic in the middle of turns three and four. He is able to put that car right to the bottom of the racetrack. He crosses the line, goes back into turn number one. 326 laps are on the board, two to go. He's in turn two. Schrader drifts through the corner as Bill Elliott really drives it hard, trying to track him down. Time running out. A couple of cars still separate Elliott from Schrader and a lot of ground. Schrader again is very comfortable. He has a lot of space between he and the second place car and some pad traffic between there. And he'll keep the same line once again through three and four. Working up off the corner now at the bottom of the track. Now he swings the car all the way out to the outside retaining wall. White flag for Ken Schrader. 1.522 miles. Will the fuel hold up? Schrader is back to turn one. For now looking good. Coming into turn one. Kenny Schrader comes in low. Drifts up about midway the banking. Again, hooks it up off turn number two and hits the back stretch for the last time. Schrader's got to be all smiles as he comes down the back straightaway tucked right up against that outside retaining wall. He'll encounter the lap car of Andy Hillenberg and he'll stay right behind him then drift up a little bit as they head through turn four. Kenny Schrader will take the high line through turn number four this time coming down to get the checkered flag. White flag is still waving. The checker is out and Schrader will win the Motorcraft 500. 
finishing second. Bill Elliott less than half a straightaway behind him, coming home in third place unofficially. Here comes Dale Earnhardt out of turn number four. He will finish third. It has been some 35 races since Kenny Schrader has gone to victory lane, and he'll be a happy boy when he's down there in a few minutes. We'll take a break, and we'll be back to Atlanta in just a moment. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. We're back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Kenny Schrader will be going into victory lane here in just a moment. It should be one happy boy. Ken Schrader with his third career Winston Cup win in 183 starts, his first since the Charlotte race in October of 1989. While we wait for Schrader to unbuckle in victory lane, let's get the MRN radio crew to vote the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award, the winner to receive $500 from the folks at Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. And we open it up in turns one and two. Joe Moore. Allen, I'll vote for Rusty Wallace. Great save he made when uh, Davey Allen had spun early in the race. I vote for Rusty Wallace. Up to turn three and David Hyatt. Well, it's a great save for Rusty, but I've got to cast my nod for the crew of Kenny Schrader for such close calculations. And down to pit lane, let's go first to Winston Kelly. I'm going to have to go in the direction of Bobby Hamilton after having a tie rod break. He's able to gather these heavier cars in that he's not accustomed to driving that well and still come back and get a good finish. And Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace. And now down to Dick Brooks for a nomination. Well, I'm going to go with Rusty Wallace also, but we are in, uh, in victory lane here as Kenny Schrader's crawled out of the car. Kenny's been a long dry spell, but, uh, and this was kind of a, I don't know, uh, you guys, everybody was trying to second-guess the fuel, and you all had it figured out. I'll tell you what, uh, I quit trying to second-guess my guys at the start of this year, and uh, I, told them, I told them at uh, Rockingham that uh, I'll just be a driver, and they tell me when to pit, and they told me, stay out until they told me. I started to argue with them once, and I told them I'd shut up, and they told me when to come in, we'd be a pit stop ahead of everybody, and it worked out good. Long, long time to be leading that far ahead with no guidelines of anybody around you or anything. What was your thoughts about uh, vibrations, noises, uh, things going wrong? It's a long time to think about it. Well, it sure is, Dick. You know how that goes. And I thought I had a right rear wheel loose or something and picked up a little vibration, but they reminded me that was the first time we'd only put on two tires so we just kind of hung it out and wait to see what happened but uh the guys i just can't say enough they did a heck of a job car looked like it was on a string did you feel good with it all day uh it, i'll tell you what car had to be driving good because yesterday i was praying for that rain because i was just about sick as could be and i got a good night's sleep and felt a little better but uh car was driving wonderful i got oh that uh, frank edwards got a week off from winston cup stuff and you're going to go racing next week Volusia County with Bush Grand National Exxon car. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to thank people from Kodiak and Exxon Superflow with everything they do in this car, and especially the people at Chevrolet for giving us these luminous race. All right. I'll tell you, there's a happy bunch here. It's been a long time since these guys have been in victory lane. It's kind of a shame that it had to happen on a, on a Monday instead of a Sunday where the well, not quite the same crowd here. I would like to say... Uh, I sure appreciate everybody uh, that turned in today and uh, all the people at work and the people that uh, generally sitting home drinking beer and I had to be out today working while we were out here having fun and uh, to a special group uh, in the Carolinas and some car stores, I'd say thanks to them too. Ken Schrader, very happy boy down in Victory Lane. He's still suffering from the flu. You can hear him down there going, like we've been doing all week. Yeah, it's, uh, the weather has not been kind for, uh, for your health here this weekend uh, in Atlanta. And uh, to wrap up our voting on the peak cool move of the race award, Barney, uh, you and I were both discussing up here, Rusty Wallace made an awful cool move up there in turn four. He really did, and uh, for, for that move, I'm going to cast my vote in that direction also. So Rusty Wallace gets the $500 as winner of the peak cool move of the race award. Down to the garage area, Winston Kelly. Hey, very disappointed Bill Elliott has stepped into his trailer. We'll get a comment with him in a minute. I'd like to announce that Ernie Elliott, his brother and crew chief, has won the Western Auto Mechanic of the race. And we're standing alongside Michael Waltrip, who came home with a good, strong fifth-place run. Michael, a good run for you this afternoon. Yeah, we were 
we were real fast, you know, all day long. We raced our way to the front despite having a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, things just didn't go real smooth for us in the pits. That's going to happen, you know. Uh, I know I made more time on the racetrack. If you just counted that, I made better time out there than anybody. So it uh, makes us feel good. You know, we charged our way despite having problems to the front a couple of times. And uh, at the end, we were just mowing them down. But uh, no caution flags. Last week, Schrader didn't need one and got it. And this week, he didn't need one and he didn't get it. So uh, he's lucky. Uh, I feel like I won this race, though. You know, I feel good about it because uh, there wasn't a car on the track that could beat me. Michael, when you were leading a close call out there with Dale Earnhardt, what happened there? And did that affect the handling of the car any? kind of screwed our plan up you know I got on the outside of Dale and you know when some guy's running high and, and somebody else is running low it's hard to tell where they're at and I got a real good run on him and had him had I was all the way up to his door luckily I saw that he wasn't gonna see me and I, I hit the brakes and he caved my fender in on my tire we were set to run another 20 or 30 laps and we were the fastest car on the track at that point and then we were just gonna try to get some uh, some uh, fuel at the last stop which would have set us free but uh not to be today, but it, it was an encouraging run. I want to say hi to mom and daddy and brothers and sisters everywhere. And uh, thank the Penzol. Congratulate John Andretti for winning the Penzol car in the first IndyCar race. We wanted to do it today, and we gave it a try. We just came up short. Michael, normally the quick way around this racetrack is a low groove. You are awfully high all day today. Well, that makes sense to me. I usually do things an <laughs> abnormal way. I just found her, my brother come running me down on the high side, and I love it up there. I handle well up there, and I didn't realize that it was working that well up there. So as uh, soon as I, he went by me, I jumped in behind him, and boy, here I come. And I got around him, and from that point on, just running, moving a car from the bottom of the racetrack that was a 10th place car to the top of the racetrack made it the best car here. So that's a, it's dangerous up there. It'll scare you sometimes. I wrecked 10 times, and I ain't hit nothing yet. So uh, takes your breath and makes you concentrate hard, but that's, that's what we get paid for, so. That's where I was at, and it was going good, but it just wasn't to be today. Michael Walter of the Pennzoil Pontiac comes home fifth. Check in with Jim Phillips. Well, Dale Earnhardt just uh, come into his truck. He's changing clothes. Dale, he's just a tick off today. Yeah, the chassis was too loose. How about the start of the, start of the race? It just cars loose all day. He's, got a, he's out of breath. He's changing clothes. Dale Earnhardt, third-place finisher this afternoon. There aren't many times that team comes to Atlanta and misses a setup, but apparently they missed it a little bit today. And Not. still to come away with a third-place finish that's going to open up a couple of more points for him in his Winston Cup lead over Ricky Rudd, who uh, finished back in the sixth position. So Dale Earnhardt will maintain the Winston Cup point lead coming away from the Atlanta Motor Speedway today. More of our post-race awards. Barney and I have voted the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award to Michael Waltrip for that outstanding run he had today. He certainly, it appeared for most of the second half of the race, had the fastest car on the racetrack, but just came up short in the end. So to uh, Michael Waltrip, the Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award and $500 for that effort. Back to the garage, Winston Kelly. We're still looking to catch up with Morgan Shepard here in just a moment. We'll be right back with you. Take a short break, and we'll be back to Atlanta in a minute. Next Sunday, NASCAR Bush Grand National Series Racing from the Volusia County Speedway. Live coverage from Barberville, Florida, begins at 2 p.m. Eastern on MRN Radio. The Motorcraft 500 is in the books here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway down in the garage area to get some thoughts from Bill Elliott. Bill, tough way to lose a race. Kenny Schrader got good gas mileage, and you had some poor luck on gas. How about it today? Well, you know, the... Course Light Thunderbird ran good. You know, we just we were just off on fuel mileage, and that's what killed us. Uh, if we could have stopped under that caution, probably, and put some fuel in it, you know, we'd probably been better off. But you know, we ran good, and we just have to go back. You know, a couple of weeks, go to Darlington. 
Did you have a chance to talk to Ernie and see if the problem was just not picking up enough fuel or not getting as good a gas mileage? Well, I think as the racetrack went on, it got poorer gas mileage because you were using the throttle harder. And, you know, yesterday, I sure didn't want to race to finish yesterday evening because I knew if it ran halfway, I was hurting. And I knew if a racetrack, if we came back today, I'd be in good shape, and it showed it. Well, Bill, you got to be pleased with the way the team's turning around. The first couple of races, not like you would have liked, but a fifth place at Rockingham, now second place here, going to Darlington, a place you run awfully well. Well, at least one thing about it, you know, we can hold our heads up and walk out of here and at least say we were here anyway. That's Bill Elliott. It's not a total loss day for this Coors Light team. Ernie Elliott, again, the Western Auto Mechanic of the race, he takes home $1,000. And Bill Elliott will win the Money in the True Value Hard Charger Award standings from today, being in the top five more than any other driver throughout the course of the event. Sterling Marlin led the fastest lead lap of the day today. He wins the Tyson Lickety Split Award from the folks at Tyson Holly Farms for his win in the Motorcraft 500. Ken Schrader picks up the Gatorade Circle of Champions nomination. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. The Motorcraft 500 is in the books here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now we have the final rundown for you from NASCAR timing and scoring. Kenny Schrader, the winner, finishing second. Bill Elliott running third. Dale Earnhardt fourth to Morgan Shepard. Fifth to Michael Waltrip. Ricky Rudd will finish sixth. Sterling Marlin seventh. Alan Kowicki eighth. Darrell Waltrip ninth. Rusty Wallace tenth. Derek Cope eleventh. Rick Wilson finishes 12th, 13th to Hut Strickland, 14th to Ernie Irvin, 15th to Brett Bodine, 16th to Mark Martin, 17th to Chad Little, 18th will go to Harry Gantt, 19th to Dale Jarrett, rounding out the top 20, Bobby Hillen. 21st will be the Jim Sauter car, then Jeff Bodine, Jeff Purvis, Mickey Gibbs, Wally Dallenbach, and Joe Rutman. The 27th place car will be Dick Trickle, Rick Mast, then uh, the car of Dave Mater, Jimmy Means, the Andy Hillenberg car, followed by Rich Bickle, Terry Labonte, Dave Marcus, Ted Musgrave, Richard Petty, Kyle Petty, and Davey Allison was the first car out of the event this afternoon, retiring from a crash way back on lap number 20, uh, excuse me, 58 of this event. So from here, the Winston Cup Series will uh, take a couple of weeks off. They'll pack up and move on to the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina in a couple of weeks. Barney, a track that always presents an interesting challenge to these teams. That is one of the most difficult racetracks for, talk about Atlanta, how hard it is to get a handle on the car. Darlington presents an even bigger challenge. It's a little bit easier to get in the wall down there. I'm looking forward to that one. Should be a good race. Next weekend, MRN Radio will be in high gear with the Bush Grand National Series at the Volusia County Speedway in Barberville, Florida, the Florida 200, beginning Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We hope you'll join us for that. Today's winner, Ken Schrader, will be competing in that event down at Volusia County Speedway. Also next Sunday afternoon, it's the Winston Twin 200s at the Richmond International Raceway. If you're in the Virginia area, the Winston Modified Tour and NASCAR Sportsman Division teaming up for a doubleheader on that three-quarter mile oval. Our thanks today to Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson who handled our scoring loop in Atlanta. Ted Stone and Jim Norton, our production assistants, and Joe Moore, David Hyatt, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Dick Brooks, the voices you heard covering the action of today's Motorcraft 500 for you. For Barney Hall, I'm Alan Bestwick. We'll talk to you next weekend from Volusia County Speedway. Congratulations again to Ken Schrader, winner of today's Motorcraft 500. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.